powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Red Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane, Australia. It's episode 60 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, we continue our look at the Rolling Stone Top 500 Songs of All Time as we hone in on number 400 to 351. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is requires tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo, the state selection vintage, the Perdomo double-aged 12-year vintage, Perdomo 20th anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th anniversary, Perdomo Abano bourbon barrel-aged, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the new Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by JRE Tobacco, the authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars of Cuba, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because this is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamistran Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with JRE Tobacco, Julio and his son Husso bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in 100% authentic Corojo Puro, San Andreas Maduro, Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade, Cameroon or Habano wrapper representing the Golden Age of Cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retailer, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that's tasted in every drawer. And finally, by Drew Estate. Drew Estate's about to make someone a whole lot richer. During its freestyle live show on the company's Facebook Live page, Drew Estate announced it will hold a Bitcoin sweepstakes with numerous incredible prizes during freestyle live events, including a grand prize of one full Bitcoin for a lucky fan to be announced on the February 17, 2022 edition of the Freestyle Live Show. Entry into the unheralded Drew Estate Bitcoin sweepstakes is simple. During three of the company's freestyle live event shows, October 15th, November 11th, and upcoming on January 20th, the company will randomly select the names of five people who attend the online show and comment during specific times in each broadcast as potential winners of an assortment of fantastic prizes. The five winners from each of these three shows will create a contestant pool of 15 people that will be eligible to win the grand prize Bitcoin. Visit www.drewestate.com or Drew Estate's Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Drew Estate Cigars for more information. And remember all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as for the California studios of our Primetime show on Thursday nights, is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Jukebox Episode 60. This is a New Year's edition. We're kicking off 2022 in style. This is Will Cooper. I'm on the red stage here in the Perdomo Cigar Studios. Happy to be here and glad um, to see my friend, 
around the world in Brisbane, Australia, Mr. Dave Burke. Hello, Coop. Good to see you, sir. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to all. Happy New Year. No, it's a it's a you know, it's if we look at calendar, we actually started doing this in 2019. So it's like this is like the fourth year. And then you and I go back almost like eight or nine years as far as yeah, yeah, yeah. goes. So it's like, yeah, um, I mean, it's amazing. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm so happy. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a privilege to do this show. With you. It really is. Um, and it's so much fun. And uh, oh. so uh, I'm thrilled. I'm just thrilled, you know. Thanks, Coop. No, I love to do the show as well. I hope everyone had a, a happy new year. Thank you for you. And the last year, the show has been fabulous. Yeah. Thanks for your support. And I'd like to ask you, Coop, um, did you have a New Year's cigar? Um, yes, I did. Um, and uh, it was it was kind of a different one. I, I mm. had um, I hadn't I hadn't um, smoked this particular. I should say I did smoke it, but not in the size. I smoked one of those Alec Bradley trilogies. Yes. Uh, in the Robusto size. I had smoked the Toro right. size. Uh, but I had the. I think I sent you some of the trilogies. Yes, they're very uh, good. They are very good. I spoke the Corojo one. Um, mm. And I just I don't know. I wanted to do something a little different. Um, I had closed out with a Fuente um, Opus X uh, Oscuro. That's how I closed Ooh. out the year. But I kind of went and um, I, I started off. I just said, let me just do something different. Something I haven't smoked in a particular size. And I went with that one. Nice. I went the. Uh... Original Nat Sherman, uh, Pan American. I, I like that. A, I, I like that. I yeah. like that cigar. Now, some people they're very um, they're very mixed feelings on that blend. I'll tell you that one. But I like that blend. I've always liked the Pan Americana. Loved it. I loved it. I never had it before. I've had like the the like all the other ones. Never had that one. So it's very good. Um, like I said, I always get excited to have a Nat Sherman cigar with that. Secondary band, a little band that says exclusive for, you know, Nat Sherman shops. Get that old school Nat Sherman. Yep. And those are collector's items now because now they say exclusively for Furrier Tago. That's right. I've had one of yeah. those. I've had these the timeless prestige I had. Mm-hmm. No, it's, I haven't had any of the other ones. I got to have more of their their line. Yeah. So that yeah, you have a lot of um. That's basically like if you have those ones that say blended for Nat Sherman. You are, you're. I don't want to say lucky, but hey, they're. You're not gonna have those anymore. They're gonna say blended for Ferrier Tago now. No. Yeah. But uh, you could still find a couple sneaky Nat Shermans around. Yes. Yeah. So, very, uh, very true on that one. Uh, I mean, because there are retailers that did, you know, when they were liquidating last year before they shut Altria shut them down. Retailers did pick it up. Yeah. So, so check it, check it I out. Che- I would check it out, and you know what? What I, I like the fact, and I think that Pan American, that Pan American, excuse me, yep. is a very good blend with some age on it, right? So, yeah. so if they're probably about at least a year old. Maybe they have a year and a half uh, mm. age because they were rolled. I mean, so you're getting something I think that's pretty well aged, and it's going to stand up to the test of time on that. Yeah. So, uh, so no, that was good. I haven't had that cigar, so that was good to check out. Yep. Um, totally agree. No, otherwise, Coop, the final post for the top 50 songs of 2021 has been posted. I, I was happy with your number one, by the way. <laughs> I, I wasn't Everybody. surprised by it, but I was happy with oh. it. I think a lot of listeners were uh, tweeting me and 
left some comments that uh, they're like, oh, I wonder what number number one is going to be. And I was like, ah, uh, you probably know. It, it was Already. a matter of which which song from that artist. And I don't know if you want to reveal it or have people actually go look at the article, but I won't say it. It was a matter of which song from that artist it was going to be. And it wasn't. A oh, surprise. yeah. No, I will reveal it. It was uh, Coney Island. Yeah. And I think that song, I think I told you how it captured a lot of memories for me in Coney Island. Uh, it was a very worthy song for sure. Um, and when we did the Grammys thing, I wasn't totally surprised because. That was the song you immediately said was robbed and left off. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, like Coop and I love that song. Um, I think we did the Taylor Swift show. I think Seth really liked it as well. I mean, yeah. I think it's one of the best duets. Yeah. I think it's one of the best duets she's done. And I think yeah. it's one of the best duets in a while. So, yeah, uh, it had to I, go up there. And I, like I said, it took me back to like, like Pony Island is a very important place in my life. So. Uh, and it captured a lot of that vibe of Coney Island, I felt. Yeah, so check check it out. I'll, I'll talk about the other ones um, when we get on our end-of-the-year panel show. But yep. So you can check that out. And as always, I do uh, my list, and then I do the Oops, I Forgot list. So it's all the songs I hear about after the fact that I didn't listen to the first time. Right. Uh, and there's going to be 50 of those. So it's going to be 100. It's going to be a top 100. So it's going to be 100. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll have that 50. I'll have I'll start posting that probably near the end of this week. Um, yeah. And the, and like the top my top 50 is in order. The the oops, I forgot 50. There's no order. It's just 50 tracks. Like it's not like a number one or anything right, like right, that. Right. Right. I got it. Um, but yeah, tons of good music out there, Coop. It's very there's a lot going down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Even though the Grammys obviously just didn't seem to really no. understand it this year. No. Uh, and you can go back and hear our, all of our comments on, um, on on episode 58 of the Grammys. But yeah, uh, it, yeah, it, we were not kind know, of the Grammys. I, I said I thought you did a very, very solid job on this list this year. A very good number. I have no problem with this number one. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a good job. So you want to check that out. Yeah, I mean, who would I mean, who would be in your top? I just had a question with no, uh, no warning. I mean, who's in your top five with that? Some from that Duran Duran out with uh, the Tears for Fears with the, those singles make your top one yeah. of those singles. make. Yeah, it? I think you're looking at obviously um, the Duran Duran one is uh, is probably I mean, it's not going to be a surprise. It's going to be my album of the year uh, if, if uh, yeah, well, yeah. you know, the, the few, you know, so I would say that that track, you know, that excuse me, that album uh, to me was fantastic anniversaries the track i'm talking about yes uh, it's probably my, track. yeah i think that's probably at the top the two tears for fears tracks for sure uh the diana ross diana, diana ross, ross diana ross is definitely on there i'll give i'll give her a couple of those as well um for sure and i think big I'm year really, for you coop with the yeah, diana and, ross release tears for fears duran duran and cheap trick i thought the cheap trick album was yes really good. yeah you love that cheap trick record yep uh i think it was one of their best albums they've done so i mean like i said um but i thought like i said i think anniversary for sure i was glad to see it on your list uh but that would be the one i would say you had too way too low <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah it's uh so i'm gonna do like a new my new oldies albums countdown um but good i don't year think for be, that yeah it was i think it was a good year for that too uh it was interesting there's a couple you know 
there were some other interesting releases I saw throughout the year. So uh, I'll give you a couple just maybe peeks into it. Uh, Barry Gibbs Greenfield was really good. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned that I, I posted out the Dolly, the Dolly duet. Yes. Of words. yes. Um, yep. I, I hadn't listened to that album until a couple of months ago. Re- really good. Um, now, the Doobie Brothers had a big comeback album this year, which we haven't talked about. Liberté. I think it's one of the best Doobie Brothers albums we've had in about 30 years. Okay. They I were, checked that out. Yeah, it's called Liberté. So um, they'll be on my list for sure. But that was something that really surprised me this year. Um, Tom Jones has a covers album that was very good. Yes. Uh, of course, the DGs by Foo Fighters. I know you're not a Foo Fighters guy, but I like it. Yeah, the but they, uh, yeah. Neil Young has an album out. Yep. Um, brand new. It won't make this year's list, but I saw Coop, and maybe we'll touch on it in a future new music. So I haven't listened to it yet. Elvis Costello has a record coming out. Uh, he did an EP earlier this year, too. Yeah. Um, which I, is very good. I haven't, uh, I haven't heard him put out new stuff in, in a couple of years at least so he he's done no he's actually been doing some things the last couple of years um but he's been but they haven't been getting a lot of attention but and they've also been more like mm. EP stuff they've been he's been doing so check that out yeah yeah definitely for sure um on that the tom the tom jones album is actually really good is what i'll say mm. it's called surrounded by time i was uh quite impressed with it mm. yep um cigar news you you're putting up your your year ends are coming up which i recommend people uh check out yeah so um at the time of this recording we're up to number 10 and that was the uh southern draw jacob's ladder brimstone um presidente that's the a size that's the yeah you love that cigar yeah that was the top 10 uh i thought it was a good i thought robert had a mixed year i thought there was he had some good stuff and he had some misses uh you know, he had that, like, I was not a fan of that Manzanita. I know a lot of people like it. Right. I'm sorry, Robert. It just, <laughs> it just didn't do it for me. Um, so, yeah, that's going on. The, the Cigar Deal will be announced on January 10th. Ooh. Uh, um, yep, so that will be January 10th when that will be announced. Uh, but I did publish my top 12 stories of the year yesterday. On yeah, I saw that. Yep. Yeah. So you'll want to check that out. Um, you know, I get a lot of questions with that list. Like, like companies get butthurt when they're left off that list. Right. <laughs> but right. I, I mean, I don't know how else to say, it. look, I love small companies. I love what they bring. I love the craftsmanship and the products and I love the people behind them. Right. But this, that article is not about recognizing you guys is as well. I could tell you. Um, and I, I, know, I know it sounds cruel to say, but it, it's really mm. about the business and the industry as a whole and things that are really permeating. Now, yeah. I think there's some good stories. In, in some years, there is a good story to have with that, but it's not what that's designed to be. It's, it's more of an industry type of article. Um, so that's why I mentioned Oliva in that article, because I think there's some significant mm. moves that Oliva is making this year. Um, mm. So so please don't be hurt. It's not that it's just that article isn't designed to do that. And there are other no. ways we uh, showcase the smaller companies are with some of the awards that I'll be given. Mm. So, so oh, yeah. Just, yeah, so you'll get, there's, we have other ways of recognizing you guys, what I'm saying. That article is just not, not, not meant to be that, unfortunately. Um, I just want um, to admit, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to see, like, uh, I was thinking about that and I was just wondering, um, when, uh, do you want to promote, when's your end of the year show with your, uh, primetime, 
Um, do Coop it, one. It's actually we're not going to do it on Coop. It's going to be on developing pallets. Oh. Uh, so Aaron owns that one. Um, and Aaron's waiting for the dates on the consensus before he does that show. Uh, I love that show. Gonna, yeah. So yeah, Aaron's kind of always was doing that before he kind of came on to prime time, and I I felt that would should always like stay with Aaron. So, mm. um, you know, that was his baby from the beginning. And, and, and I'm, so we've always agreed not to conflict those two things because, because then if we move it to prime time, developing pallets, you know, kind of loses it. And at the same time, we don't want to have one compete with the other. So. Yeah, no worries. I mean, all I gotta say people is stay tuned for that. Cause it's great. Uh, yeah. Great show. Yep. Exactly. It's always fun with that one. Um, and there's always someone always gets into trouble on that one for sure. <laughs> like Sokka always gets mad at us after that show. I'll tell you that. Like Sokka's just like, oh, oh. you know, the inside baseball stuff you guys talk about. Why do you guys care? You know, like well, people. Care. I love they, it. They tune in every year for it, Steve. Is what we're gonna tell you. So uh, it's not meant it. to be disrespectful, any. But yeah, we that pisses him off every year we do that. Show. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you got your show with uh, your Pete Johnson show. Yeah, I just want to mention, um, but Pete just knocked it out of the park with us on Thursday night. Uh, if you haven't catched primetime episode 214, um, Pete was in rare form. Uh, he talks a lot about future releases that's coming out, um, which is exciting. He's going to talk about a new co- couple of new cojones on that show. Um, he talks about a new T110 with a Mexican rapper. Uh, but he has, you know, but the fun, it's not just that he mentioned some new stuff, which is always cool. He had a, some really good things to say about the industry as a whole and the direction of Tatawahe going as a whole. So I thought it was just a great show. He, he, I thought he not, it was one of our best guests of the year. So it was a great nice. way to end, end out with him. He did talk about this show we're doing tonight. Yes, he said that. He, he thinks we're nuts for going through all 500 songs. That's what he said, right? <laughs> So the and I said to him, I said, Pete, no, we don't go through all 500 songs. We dev- we have like 10 shows and we don't even go through 50 on a show, Steve. I said, it's just meant to give a fl- like we couldn't do, do justice to it in one show. No. Uh, but we know we couldn't go through all 500 either. So we have no. this like compromise and it will be spread out over a period of time. I said, by the time we get done, they may have another list. <laughs> so- yeah, they have another list now. Yeah. So he did. He did notice it, and he asked about it. So, uh, <laughs> so, so it was cool that he was paying attention on on on, on that, those shows, which is pretty cool as well. You know, we didn't talk music with him on this show. I kind of was surprised. All right. Um, that may be an excuse to pull him on this show, but we talked Formula. We talked Formula One racing with him. Really? And he's become a Formula One racing fan. Yeah. And I had known wow. that before the show. Yeah. And yeah, he's really into it. So we, uh, it was kind of cool to uh, to kind of talk a little Formula One with him because I enjoy that. Even Aaron, nice. liked, even Aaron liked that one. <laughs> wow. All right. Yep. You, you got a playlist. End of yeah. the year playlist. Yeah. I want to mention our friends at Drew Estate. Um, there's a guy by the name of Ryan Rayford. He's a territory manager here in the States. Uh, and every year he's put together a, uh, a playlist of end of the year of, of songs from the past year. Um, and uh, it's called All the Smoke. Uh, it's by Drew State Cigars. We'll include this playlist in here. Um, he had like if you look at this list, it's a solid list. Um, mm. uh, he had a little Japanese breakfast in there. Yes. Um, Bruno, a little Bruno Mars smoking out the window in there. Mm, that's but, a great song. Yeah, it's a big list. It's not a small list by any means. It's like sixty songs. Uh, he did have ABBA on there. Uh, I, I, that one I didn't. Ooh. I still have faith in you. Which 
is the ABBA song I just don't understand. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but it is a good, it is a solid list. Um, I you know so you'll have the link in there. Check it out. Um, and I, like I said, I always kind of enjoy when he puts that together every year. So it's cool if we see music from the cigar industry on a playlist. I'll always kind of try to mention it on this show. Yeah, I mean, and as long as we're talking cigar, I want to give a quick uh, shout out and, uh, you know, my commiserations to uh, Miguel from uh, Crown Heads, whose Cincinnati Bearcats just got steamrolled. Yeah, I mean, listen, so I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I got to be honest. I love you, Miguel, and I love that Cincinnati had this season. They had no business in this. <laughs> final I, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, but he was he I was very helpful. He's very hopeful on Facebook. He's like, you know, nothing to lose. Let's go for it. And uh, I just hope that he had a good day. I, I, you know, that's kind of like I said, it, when I say they don't belong there, it doesn't mean I, I, I don't want Miguel to have. I, I'm against Miguel's team winning. OK, no. uh, because I would love to see. But I, I just, you know, <laughs> this is where Man. I get, you know, you know, look, since I joined a power conference and if you want to compete for this, that's all I got to tell you. Um, yeah. Uh, well, hey. Yeah. They made they they were historic whether they won or lost because they made the uh, playoffs so good good on them they, they, and absolutely look Rutgers who uh, Rutgers who played uh, Rutgers got a bowl bid believe it or not okay did they and, yeah because uh, the team someone got they, they had to drop out. off of COVID <laughs> but they were five and seven right so look all right I had no illusions of a uh, of any like okay let's see what happens they got killed by Wake Forest. Uh, Charlie Minato's Charlie Minato went to Wake Forest, by the way. So Anya, Charlie. Yeah, so Charlie kind of smoked us there, but they, Wake Forest had a great season, by the way. So they uh, they yeah. totally deserved that. And then South Carolina played North Carolina in the Duke's Mayo Bowl here in Charlotte. Yes. Uh, and we got a win for uh, Carolina here. You know, it's South Carolina. <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's my daughter's right. my daughter's an alumni of South Carolina. Uh, it's way to go, Gamecocks, right? And her husband, that... Yep. Yeah. Game Cox and her husband. Her husband also is an alumni. So, on, yeah. Uh, yeah. So a uh, big win for them. And the coach got dunked with mayonnaise instead of. I Gatorade. saw that. Yeah, that, that, like, is, that is rough. Yeah. See, we <laughs> down now that coach, same Beamer, we, we plucked him out of Oklahoma. She said was not happy. Oh, set late. Did Oklahoma win? They won, didn't they? I think they won. Yeah, they won their bowl game. Um, All I got to say, too, is Miguel, don't feel too bad because, like, you know, Power Conference, Big Ten, Michigan got rolled. This, uh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, Don't ooh. feel bad. Exactly, Miguel. You may have actually had a better effort than Michigan did. Harbor, wow. Honestly. So I, I agree on that. There's, look, you had an undefeated season. You know, you can't come. But, yeah. Man. He, he, I don't know how well you know Miguel, right? He's he's one of the great guys. Like, he does the baseball shows with us. And we all have our favorite team, right? But. When it comes to the Reds, okay, to the Reds, yeah. Like, look, they'll they'll shit on me about the Phillies. We'll, we'll shit on Ben about the Braves. Um, Hector on the Mets, but everyone's like, you know, we want the Reds to do good because we like Miguel. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> the Reds are always always the yeah. Reds are kind of like, you know, sort of around. You know, they haven't really broken big, but they're not really. Awful. You kind of are rooting for them. They haven't, you know. No, they, they aren't. And, you know, they're very popular in Tennessee. Like, are they? Mm-hmm. Huh. Like their TV market goes down to Tennessee and actually parts of like Western North Carolina. It's kind of they have a big TV market base um, just because there's no other teams. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that was a long way to say I want to give Miguel a shout out because I know he might be hurting. 
Yeah, after yeah. Well, their, uh... No, I feel bad for him. Uh, you know, uh, and I and he's not a Bengals fan. I'm like Miguel, get behind a. Is Bengals. he not? Is he? No, but I'm like the Bengals are playing good right now. I mean, there's something. Yeah, now's the time. Look, in two years, the Bengals at one point were worse than the Giants, right? Yes. And now. The Giants haven't gotten any better, and 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 the the Bengals are playing legitimately good football right now. Miguel, you know, there's room on the bandwagon, man. You got it. Yeah. They got a young quarterback. You can ride that thing for a while. Yeah, yeah, Miguel. Come on, <laughs> got um, a young coach, and yeah, coach yeah. Is, you know, every year they've yeah, gotten better. Like last year, you know, they lost their quarterback for the year, and you know that could sometimes they did. And rookie quarterback that could be a career killer, and and he's come back. He should be comeback player of the year. I would say Joe Burrow this year. Mm. For sure, yeah. Mm. Oh. Um, developing palettes review of the week. I oh boy, <laughs> they are down on warp, man. Like, and I, I, I think I'm, I'm a lot like Seth. I'm like all of them, really. Uh, all June, Seth, Aaron, and John, where they talked about really liking the old stuff. I really loved the El Oso when it kind of first came out. Yeah, they were the original out of El Titan the Bronze. And I really like those. And it seems that they've really kind of fallen off. And I didn't know, like, if you had thoughts on why that would be or, like, what's going on or, you know, like, why why the newer stuff isn't getting received as well as the older stuff. Um. Okay, so I'll kind of break it down into three categories. Um, El Titan de Bronze, Tabsa, and now the Dominican Republic. So mm. let's start with Tabsa. I think Tabsa's had... The stuff coming at tops of the last few years has not been as good as previous years. And I think that's hurt some of the stuff mm. of their core lines coming at it. I, I mean, it's just it, I, it's it's a product of what we're seeing overall at the factory there. So I, I think that's the first thing that's happening there. Um, El Titan, the tobacco doesn't seem to be the problem as much as I've seen. And look, I love I love these guys. And I hate to say it, I've just had a lot of construction issues coming out of that factory. Right. Um, including on some of the warp stuff that I've had. So that's not helping there. And then the Dominican stuff, I just haven't been impressed with. I don't think the like mm. that one, the chinchilla, I, I honestly, I don't disagree with that review they had. Maybe not as bad as they said, but mm. it was definitely not one of the better warp releases. Is what, you know, I, warp could do better with, with, with what they were releasing, is my opinion. Yeah, I mean, because like I said, I think they sort of said there was sort of a drop off since the Black Honey. I think that was a big change after the Black Honey. We've seen a drop off. But uh, the L also, I I I loved um, the L also. I, I don't think it's been in production for a while. No, yeah. it hasn't. But I loved it when it was out. They had so that mom. They, they had that mama, which was that Maduro Lancero. Yes. And I I don't. Kyle doesn't like Maduros for whatever reason. He doesn't no. release a lot of them, right? but but that was a good Maduro. That was a hell of a Maduro he had. Uh, they had the Cub, which was a short, which I just cub, loved. The pot, yep, the Cub. Um, you know, and I like the La Haciendas out of Topsa. Mm. Those have been very good. Uh, but you know, the Sky Flowers haven't been as good. The Sky no. Flowers have been misses. You know, the first release was great, but ever, ever since then, I've been unimpressed with the Sky Flower. No, and you and you have another cigar here that they sort of. Uh teed off <laughs> yeah well I, I said they destroyed it but it's real it's all in relative so they yeah. reviewed the gt20 uh which is a uh offshoot of the antonio uh, grand reserver line by hoya de nicaragua and um 
they are normally very big on Hoya de Nicaragua. Uh, you know, they're very high on their stuff coming out of it. And it does that consistently is a brand that's done well. Uh, this one was not so much. Mm. Uh, I mean, June, June just killed it. <laughs> you said, like, wait for the GT25 or something, yeah, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Great yeah, line, he's, uh, he's like, it goes, I'm 0 for 2 for Hoya releases this year. This is unheard of. I didn't <laughs> honestly find one redeeming aspect in the Hoya de Nicaragua Antonio <laughs> Grand Reserve GT20. Uh, he's, uh, you know, so I don't know. It's just um, Seth was probably the more positive one on this one. Mm. Uh, but his score was like under six. Yeah. But June had the lowest score. And that says a lot when June has the lowest score. But yeah, I mean, like Hoya, like has done really well in recent years with some of their releases. So it's yeah. kind of it's kind of an anomaly for them to not put out something that's not, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. They just uh, I mean, they had two cigars on the Cupolis this year. So mm. the, the uh, numero uno late premiere. Yes, and, and I think they like that one as well. Yeah, that, that was number three on their list, and the other one, which I don't think they re- they do like this blend. I don't know if they reviewed the size. Was the uh, Cinco de Cadas Fundador, which is the box press mm. one, and I think that was a good cigar too. So I think they had a couple of good, really. Uh, those are kind of late releases from last year that made it on the Cupolis this year, but still, I think they've had you know they've been, they've done a very very solid job. You know, factory wise, they're making Sokka's stuff, and Sokka had a cigar on my list too. So, yep. Hmm. Well, well, check if you haven't checked out developing palettes. You got a. Uh, that I love a big YouTube person with the with their uh, reviews. Yeah, you got to check it out if you have not yet. Yep, yep. You can go to their site, developingpalettes.com. We all their reviews have the uh, YouTube embedded in it too. And so. the thing is, is if you notice the running time, if the running time is like past 12 minutes, you know, Seth or someone's going to rant on something. Yeah. So that's always a good yeah. indicator. Yeah. If it's like if it's like 15 minutes, you know, like, oh, someone's going to go off. And then that's very exciting. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> For I, I me anyway. that is true. And I, when you do see that over the 12 minute mark or so, yeah, <laughs> they're going to do something. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what are you, uh, what are you smoking today, Coop? Well, I'm smoking a cigar right now before you, if you haven't heard of this cigar, um, here's what I'll say about this. Um, there's a lot of celebrity cigars that are out there, um, and some do better than others. Right. Um, and you know, for example, I love the Armand DeSante, those old Oro Vivas. I thought they were really good, but they never had the right distribution for them, right? Hmm. Um, so this cigar is a celebrity. It's a cigar made for a celebrity. It's called the Piv Robusto. Um, it's supposed to be the yes. it's part of the Piv stands for uh, short for Piven. And it's part of the Jeremy Piven collection. So Jeremy Piven, you don't know who he is. He's an actor. He was on the show Entourage. He played Ari Gold, uh, the agent. He was like the agent. Uh, won several Emmy Awards for that. I mean, he, he did a hell of a mm. performance with that um, in there. And, you know, Entourage has had connections with the cigar industry before because Rob Weiss, who was the uh, writer and producer of the show, uh, he had the old B, B, uh, B.G. Meyer cigars that they used to do with that. But oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But this cigar, um, it's a Robusto. It's blended by Dion Giolito, produced at the, uh, at the Tabsa factory. And the thing is, this cigar, it has tobacco in it, um, which is Corojo 2012. Um, so Corojo 2012 is something that the Aganorsa Farms have been growing. It's a new varietal of Corojo. Um, I've smoked this cigar already. And I'm going to tell you something. This is a home run. And mm. yeah, I, when I was down in Miami, I had it for the first time. It's uh, it's uh, the only thing I don't understand is why Illusioni hasn't been pushing this cigar harder. Because this thing, this thing has a chance to be something very special. Right. And I don't know if it's Dion making it. This, the part that I don't understand is I think Dion's making it for Jeremy Piven, handling the distribution. But I think it's Jeremy's brand. That's the part that's a little unclear to me. Oh, and I haven't no. had a chance to ask Dion that lately. Right. Uh, but they gave him some good tobacco in here is what I'm telling you. And uh, I'm going to get this to you, Dave, at some point. Uh, because I'm buying. Every time I see him, I buy him up. So. Yeah. 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 yeah so. Huh. Uh, but uh, I could tell you, like, some of the guys down in Miami who are in the industry that hang out of Caribbean cigars, they are very, very high on this cigar. So, uh, oh. yep. Nice. I got the, uh, you got we had him really on the good. show a while back. Yep. Got the Postania box pressed, uh, War Bear. Yes. Uh, I the, got uh, mine. I should have pulled it out. And I didn't tonight. It has that slight barber pole in there. This is what a Mexican San Andreas. Um, yeah. I believe, yeah. It, uh, That's box so, press. Yeah, I mean, so we had them on the show, right? And they were mm. raving about that cigar. Um, I can tell you they were waving about that cigar. And you know what I've thought about the Warbat Toro? Uh, mm. and they're, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Which, unfortunately, uh, you'll be seeing on the 2022 coupe list. Apologies. But it's got <laughs> that. Right. Yeah, it's got that the dark. It's, it's a dark wrapper, but the, the, the Mexicans, the darker of the barber pole there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they were raving. They thought that that was even better than the Toro when they smoked it. Mm. No, I've only had one, so I can't really because uh, I have to compare the two. I mean, I love the Toro. Yeah. Um, I did, and I, I, I really like. I mean, it has that sort of malted taste that I really like. The kind of stouty. It, and and I'm telling you. Like what's cool about that cigar, like at least the, the Toro, about eight to ten weeks of age on that thing, it's even a better cigar. Not that it's mm. a bad cigar when you get it. It's very, but I mean, it took it to a level that, like, you know, it it could, it's going to be a contender at the top of the twenty twenty two list for me. Oh, definitely. It's not excluded from the twenty twenty two list, and and uh, so it's going to be very high at the end of the year for me. I don't know if we'll hold number one throughout the whole year, but we'll see. Yeah, but I can't wait to uh, to light it up and talk about the uh, the next 50. So we're going, if people know, we're going through the top 500 songs, the new release from Rolling Stone that was earlier this year, or last year, I should say. Um, and we're kind of breaking it up into 50s. And today we are at, where are we at, Coop? We're at, we're uh, at 400, 400 to, to 350. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I guess some initial thoughts. Coop has a link that you. Yeah. Um, we, we, yeah, you'll follow. see this. Yep. 
So you can find the whole list. The whole list is quite easy to find. Yep. Um, we'll, even if you just typed into Google, like Rolling Stone top 500, like it'll come up. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. So you'll have that list and you can follow a couple of people asked me for the link anyway. So you'll okay. have that link as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're not covering any, everything. We just take a 50 and take out what like jumps out to us. Um, I guess the initial thoughts is that um, it's a very eclectic block. I think, I think almost every genre is hitting this block. Cause you got country blues. You got a bit of seventies rock, hip hop, women's hip hop, indie reggae, world music. You got a lot of different genres. I think it's quite eclectic. Um, and I think Coop will touch on this as well. Uh, well, one thing is we're starting to see people the second time around. So we're going to start to see people that we've seen earlier in the list come back again yep. um, with other tracks. We'll start to see that. Um, and this might be the first time for people that I definitely know we're going to see again when we get to the top, you know, top 10, top 20. Um, I guess the one of the things is like I noticed Coop and, and we could talk about it as we go throughout. But the, the, those iconic guitar led rock tracks are still getting really low, getting rated really low, getting knocked, getting kind of pushed back to the end of the list. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. No, Dave, it's true. Um, I think my reason for that is they they are. It seems like that that genre has gotten hit the hardest with the newer stuff coming on to this from the previous list. If that makes anything, it just seems like, like, okay, rock, rock, guitar, led rock was too heavy. We're going to, we're going to kind of pull back some of that in there. That That's kind of like my theory, what's happening there. Yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, I think, I think in this block is a key example of that, like in motion, yes. which we will, we will see. Uh, so I won't, I won't uh, get into that too much, but I think, I think uh, we'll, we'll see like a clear example of, of what you're talking about. Yep, I agree. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll hold that off because I think we'll we'll see that in particular. What are your initial thoughts? Like, look at this fifty coupe. What are your sort of initial thoughts about it? Well, you know, it's interesting because I thought um, four hundred one to four fifty was stronger than three fifty one to four hundred. I honestly mm. did. Um, there were a lot I can say. These should be higher. These should be higher, right? Um, in particular, though, this, the lower 25 of this 50, 376 to 400, seemed to be like more stacked and more competitive. And I noticed if you look at what we picked, mm. we, we tended to be on that lower end of things for whatever yep. reason, right? So, yep. so I thought that was kind of interesting how that kind of uh, flowed, flowed out of there. Um, yeah, I mentioned the iconic rock track. You know, I think there's uh, – you also mentioned the diversity in there. Um, a lot of good diversity. Um, you mentioned like world music and I have a world music track that actually was from one of those. Uh, I thought disco has been well represented on this list so far, mm. Um, mm. which I, I am very pleased about. Um, I kind of didn't expect, but there were a couple of couple that made it in this section in particular that made me take notice. Um, so, but yes, but overall, like I said, um, I was almost, it's so weird. I, Cause I, I just almost thought 401 to 450, was stronger mm. for whatever reason, but not wasn't like a huge difference. Yeah, well. and I don't know. Maybe no, it's just what yeah. what hits what our what hit my genre in this case. Mm -hmm. That's true. But the diversity uh, in this was 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 much better. So that's the other way to look at this. Yeah, it's sort of like you have a range of genres, but maybe not 
the same yeah. quality in the set back half as the yep. front half or maybe something yep. like that. Yep. Um, right. Well, let's get into it. Um, Public Enemy is my first one. Bring the noise. Now, see Public Enemy a lot. Uh, again, I don't know how much we'll see them because I haven't really gone through the whole list. I, I think um, we'll see them more, yeah. Yeah, well, we definitely going to see them again, but I don't know how many more times. Uh, this is coming at 397, so like Coop said, kind of that beginning of the list. Uh, it's iconic track off a top 10 hip-hop record. Uh, takes a nation of millions, which we'll talk that record about again. But I read that, I read a bit of an interview. I don't know if it was on the blurb on Rolling Stone, but I read somewhere. Um, well, Public Enemy itself is probably one of the biggest or most influential hip hop bands next to NWA. Like those two are probably the yeah. two of the most influential ever, I would say. Um, and Chuck D. So Chuck D was in an interview and they're talking about the song. And because this was their second album, we talked about this record right. when we did the like best second albums of the of ever right. show. Uh-huh. Uh, and he was sort of saying that Bring the Noise is because there's a lot of critics complaining about, oh, your music's too black, it's too loud, there's too much noise. And so he's like, oh, you want some noise? And he made a song called Bring the Noise. Mm-hmm. So the song itself is just is a direct response to critics sort of saying, you know, if you want me to quiet down, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to get even louder. Um, and this song will get picked up in later albums done with uh, Anthrax. Uh, so there's sort of two versions of this. This is the original version. Um, so yeah, so I started kicking off with that 397. So yeah, pretty close to that that beginning of the list there. So let me ask you a question on this one. Where yeah. did you did you think that was too low? It's hard to say because like this had a huge I don't drop. Think... This had a huge drop from the last. It was 160 last time around. Yeah, I see. I'd drop. have to yeah. look. I haven't compared because I don't know because I know. Yeah. So the so then another song that they have went way up. Yeah. To you know, I won't give that away because we'll get there, but went like quite high. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if it's like because of that one, the other ones felt I mean, because we're making room for everybody else, it's hard right. to say. Yeah. I um, I thought yeah. I thought it was too had, high last time, but too low this time. If that yeah, I can go. I could see that. I mean yeah. Coop and I don't look ahead on the list except for the top 10 we've seen already um, because we want like honest sort of uh, in the moment thoughts on some as of these we, tracks. As we're doing the show, yeah. So I don't know how many other... I mean, the problem is, is if you go uh, Fear of a Black Planet and uh, uh, Apocalypse 91, like they are stacked with tracks. Yeah. So I don't know if some of those moved around and so this moved down. I don't know. But I mean I'm I'm okay with it. Uh just not not knowing really where else they land. I'm okay with 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 that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was like I said, I thought the 160 would, would have been high last time. Uh yeah. this, this oh, that like, would have been. Yeah. And like I said, this time I, I thought it was a little low. I say you want to go right in the middle like 280 or something like that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh that's kind of where I would would put it. Um Coop. Oh, here we go. Yeah, uh, you know, this is a uh, this was a disco song, um, and it's by an artist by the name of Sylvester. The uh, actually, Sylvester is short for Sylvester James Jr., but they call oh, him nice. Sylvester. Um, if you aren't familiar with Sylvester, 
Uh, he was a big icon in the disco era. He was, uh, in particular, the LGBT community really mm-hmm. embraced this guy. Uh, he he died way too young of HIV/AIDS. I mean, unfortunately, he died way too young. Uh, wh- but his song is "You Make Me Feel Mighty Real" at three ninety nine. Um, mm. I would put this song top twenty all time on a disco list. Um, right. I'm, I'm okay where this is placed. I, I'm 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 kind of okay with it. Um, I don't know if he's made this list before. I was trying to find it. I don't think he has. But it was mm. really good to see this song um, on this list right now. Uh, it's just it's a great song. He has a little bit of a falsetto going, um, which I, which I kind of like about this. And mm. uh, you know, like I said, if you were looking for just classic disco, um, this is this is personifies it. And it was great to see Sylvester. Sylvester's got some other. He's known for this track. He's got some other tracks as well. Uh, a very very good artists from the disco era is what I'll say. And glad to see him on here. So I'm glad that you pick up uh, on the disco. I would not have that uh, depth of knowledge. This was what, like, if you have follow up disco homework, Dave, uh, this is a good okay. song. But but so that, I mean, again, if you're really into, you know, um, the historical significance of what disco did with the LGBT movement, which I mentioned, it was very mm. important for that mm. it was very part a part of the fabric of that movement um sylvester was a big part of that so um died way too young way too talented way too young he died unfortunately i have we just talked about him oh. earlier mm-hmm. El- elvis costello with allison um at 396 i love the song i love it i, I like i compare it to his stuff with the attractions and other recordings um, and it's a bit more personal, a lot more restrained than you're thinking of, like, you know, watching the detectives or um, some of his other tracks. Uh, this is a bit more this is, uh, yeah, held this back. Was, and, this is from his beginnings. Yeah. Mm, um, I hope to see some of his attraction stuff up in the future, because I think that's not my favorite sort of era. It's kind of the Elvis Costello and the attraction sort of era. Um. I think it's too low, Coop. Well, it was in 2004 when they did it. Um, I don't know where it was in 2010. It was 318. And I can say 399, I can say is way too low. At 318, I can live with. But I think it is low. It's a good song. It's a good song. I mean, and like I said, this is this is Elvis at the beginnings. Of, uh, you know, you know, it's funny. Elvis, Elvis Presley dies in 77. Elvis Costello begins his career in 77. I always kind of thought that was an interesting mm. thing. Uh, Linda Ronstadt does a great cover of this song, by the way, too. But Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a very influential song. I think a lot of people have connections to it. Uh, like I said, I thought it could be a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, see, but it's an excellent song. See, I, I don't know if Veronica is going to land on this list, right? And that's the one I'm wondering about. Ooh. And to me, Veronica is a, is a better song be- lyrically, is what I'm going to say. Because of the story of that song, Veronica. So that's this, you know, so it's, but that's not against Allison, but I think the lyrics that they did on Veronica and the whole theme of that's so interesting to me. So I'm curious to see, maybe it fell for the reason that we'll see, we may see another Elvis song down the road. I don't know, but I, I'm wondering if Veronica's mm-hmm. going to make the list. I think he'll make the list again. Uh, but I, but that's, but I, like I said, it's a great song. It's too low. I wonder. 
I wonder where the other ones land. Yeah. But I did like I did like to see I did like that song seeing it. Dave, I'm blown away that we're talking. This is 2022. Elvis Costello has been around for 45 years. That's right. And, and he's not that old. He's no. 67. OK, so he's not that old is what I'm telling you. And I just rem- I, I remember this was one of like albums my dad brought home. Like the demo album, and we like Elvis Costello. <laughs> this is you know, like around when Presley died, and I mean, look at this guy's career that he's had. It's a Hall of Fame career. Oh. Yeah, and this is this is a great song by him. Speaking of bands that are still putting out good music, I left this one for you, Coop. Well, I knew you were going to go there. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, this, first of all, if you, uh, I'm, I'm about to issue another Citizens Arrest, the Rolling Stone magazine. Oh yeah, highway, I, I, Ro- highway I agree with you. Uh, Hungry Like Wolf by Duran Duran at three ninety eight. Come on, guys, that's crazy. Come on, this is two top two hundred. I'm uh, minimum, okay. Um, oh my goodness, right? Um, this was a song. You know, if you want to say Duran Duran were the video artists, you know, uh, at this point in their career, they were known for their videos, right? And th- this video, Hungry Like the Wolf. Um, I think really helped put this song and them on the map, per se. Um, but, I mean, let me tell you something. The, I mentioned the video. It's important, right? Because the video actually won a Grammy Award for, like, the first Grammy Award for short-form music video when they were doing that. So that was that important. That that was recognized what they did. Um, and it's just, look, that whole album came from the Rio album, right? And Duran Duran's like you're, they're known for mm. each album doing something different. That's that's a key thing. So this was kind of their ode to like South America, the whole Rio theme, right? Um, funny thing is the video was shot in Sri Lanka. Like it wasn't yeah. shot, right? But let me tell you something. First of all, the guitar riffs. Uh, oh my goodness, uh, Andy Taylor's guitar riffs are amazing in this song, right? Uh, of course you got uh, Johnny Taylor on the bass, right? Roger Taylor's yeah. drums are just on point. And of course, Simon's vocals are just, I mean, they're just legendary. And uh, I don't, like I said, this song, I'm glad it was included on the list. Don't get me wrong. Um, mm. But um, they had this, um, what do you call it? On a VH1, VH1 did the 100 greatest songs of the 80s. This was number three. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking, I think it's way too low as well because it's iconic. I'm not saying it has to be top 100, but it's way too low. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah. What do you think? So if they're put, so this is just me. I like what I like about the list is talking about Coop, but I also like talking about the list, not just the songs, but list construction. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think they're putting this to 398, there's going to have to be another Duran Duran song on the list, surely. Like you can't have the only song be 398. It's going to be tricky what the other one would be. I mean, Ordinary would, World? Ordinary World, maybe The Chauffeur. The show, yeah. I mean, I could see that. Maybe the reflex. Yeah. Or maybe uh, Rio. I mean, I guess what I'm thinking is of seeing this so low, because to me, this song is better than not all of those songs you just mentioned, but most of them. I, and yeah, I, I, I just I think to myself, like, this cannot be the only Duran Duran song buried at 398. Like, there's got to be another one, surely. If you're doing Duran Duran, Mount Rushmore, this song's on it. Okay, this yes. is one of Mount Rushmore of the four. So, I mean, I probably would say Chauffeur, uh, Reflex, and Ordinary World. 
Oh, yeah, we'll have to see. It'll be something to see because uh, it's. I was I was surprised that this song is so low. I I don't think it's made it before. Is it just I, they don't like the '80s, or like what's the? I think yeah. I you know I think there was a little a bit of an song. '80s backlash when the list was first constructed. As far as I know, they've done a 2004 and a 2010 version of this. Right. I didn't find uh, it again. It was a little harder to find those other ones. Um, I went Wikipedia had some info on, on some stuff, which I was able to kind of validate some of the other stuff on. So, but uh, yeah, I thought this was look. I just thought this was too low, and I think I almost think like there's been a little. I think the uh, the Future Days album has reinvigorated some Duran Duran interests uh, mm, this mm. past year because it was that good. Um, man, the guitar riff in this song. Oh. It's just a oh yeah. Um, another song that's too low, I think, is James Brown. I heard say it loud. You. I'm black and I'm proud. Three ninety three. Yeah, that's why I knew the, you could say. <laughs> the reason I think it's too low, what well, became like a Black Power anthem. I mean, especially when it came out in '68, like that sort of prime. Like the nation is at a crisis point in a lot of ways, like politically civil rights, gender rights. Like, there's a lot in the hopper. And that Coop and I sort of touched on with then sort of came out in the music of 71. A lot of kind of the upheaval around the 68. Um, and you this if you contrast this to living in America in the 80s, like, this is a way different James Brown than yeah. that one. Um, yeah. yeah. Than that, that track. Totally was. Um, uh, yeah, it was kind of like, like lyrically, anyway. Yeah, I mean that song was a song he donated to the Rocky Four soundtrack. I get it. Yeah, but uh, I really, I mean, the song itself became iconic, and like I said, like a big uh, civil rights type song. I think a lot of the more activist type songs, which you'll get to, which turn in, which you know, turn up in the top five of this list. Uh, the more sort of civil rights, um, social justice songs, I think stem from this song and Nina Simone's um, Young Gifted in Black. I think a lot of those sort of like early, like late to early 60s songs and James Baldwin and all that have a lot of influence to these other songs that are going to chart way higher on this list. So I just thought for historical significance, this song would be a lot higher, like a lot higher. Well, in 2004, it was 305, and you can argue that was probably too low as well. Yeah, I, it's just interesting that it went lower, seeing as how a lot of the music that's getting higher is a more socially aware music when it comes from this. So you think this would be... Anyway, I, I think it should be like like with Duran Duran, I think this is easily a top 200, maybe even top 100 song, really. Yeah, and you take the whole you know, race thing out of it, which I'm not saying that... This song musically is great. Oh, yeah. It's a fantastic musical song on top of that. Now you have a great theme into it at a timely thing. It, yeah. this is something, isn't this something that you would say, if this list is about impact, right, this song belongs much higher than even I mean, I, Yeah, that's what I would say. This I agree. I, song, yeah. And we know what's at I, the top of the list, too. That's why I'm, like, surprised. Yeah, and I argue with what comes in at the top of the list that they are taking – Social impact is a major determining factor. Right. So why wouldn't this be? Because we, so why said, it, we, we yeah. did look at the top 10. Dave and I did look at the top 10. Yeah. So 
you could you could figure that out if you may. Like, why wouldn't this song, which I like, I said musically is fantastic. This song, you know, this, the 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 three saxophones, the trombone, and the horns in this song are amazing. Yeah, yeah, I love this track. Yeah, too low, but you know, I'm glad that we get to talk about it all the same. But too low. Yep, totally agree. Oh, uh, and I, I left this one for you as well, Coop. Yeah. Um. All right. So this was personality crisis. Um. I didn't. It was at 387. I didn't have too much of a problem with this. By the New York Dolls, by the way, um, it dropped significantly from the past two. Yeah, weeks. I saw that. It was 204 and two. Uh, in 2004, it was 267, and 2010, it was 271. I didn't really have a problem with it though at 387 either. Um, yeah, I can I can live with it. Maybe it's a little low. Um, this is like I said. This is, but this is you know. That whole punk rock movement, we we had the whole show with Trippy mm. on that thing. We gotta do another punk show, by the way. I know this song came up a lot when we were talking about this song. Uh, I love the New York Dolls. I think you know, again, they're part of that New York scene. Uh, the guy who takes this song over the top, though, in my opinion, is Todd Rundgren's production on this song. Uh, you know, you look at Todd Rundgren and mm. all the work mm-hmm. he's involved with. Um, I was glad to see. Like I said, maybe it is a little low. I'll say, maybe it's a little low. Yeah, say it, Coop. Maybe about three hundred. It should be, but, but um, yeah, it's uh, really glad to see it. I guess it showed a little bit of diversity on this list too, to include a punk song like this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me wonder what else we'll see. Uh, yes, I, I have. I mean, I'm I'm guessing the Clash is going to be on here at some point, as well. Um, where they lie is the question. But I'm wondering mm-hmm. who else will, will like. I don't know. If, I don't know who else we'll see. Is, is the question though. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens later in the in the yeah. in the in this countdown. Yeah. Mm. It, like I said, it's interesting. Um, you know, when I first looked at this, I'm like, yeah, it, I don't have a problem with it. Now I'm I'm thinking about it. Two sixty seven. It's a that's a drop. You talk uh, two sixty seven, two seventy one. You're, you're dropping almost. It's a fair drop. It's a fair drop. And what did this song? This song didn't do anything to. You want to say it was overvalued? I it really, I didn't think I wouldn't think it's overvalued. There, what did this song do so wrong to fall this far? Is the question. I don't know. It's a good question. Oh yeah. no! I mean, and this I comes back to yeah. what we'll talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, but the New York Dolls make it. I'm glad they're on here. No, again, that's good news. Yeah. Let's see what we. I'm gonna have a song coming up actually. Let me find my that I didn't think deserved to be on the list. So, but I like it anyway. So. Whoa! Yeah, well, yeah we're we'll... going too low, too low. Yeah, but I'll hop. Pretty soon I'll gonna about... be like, I have what is one... this? I have this one coming up a little after. This what made me think that. But yeah, it's not. It's a couple coming up, so I'll, I'll hold that off on that thought. Now my next one. Yeah. And it's not just the song, but it's um, it's place in history, which is all which is like fascinating. Yeah. So that's Metallica and Enter Sandman at 390, um, which I'm not a huge Enter Sandman fan, but it's interesting where it came out. So this came out in the in their black album, which is 91. Uh, and this is sort of the end of that metal revival that we saw in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. We yep. talked about that before. Yep. 
on the show, there's a big sort of metal revival. You have the hair bands and that turns into kind of morphs into Guns N' Roses, which which then Metallica gets more airplay. There's this kind of late 80s metal revival. Um, and this year, so in 91, you have this comes out. GNR's Use Your Illusion comes out, which I'll be interested to see if we see a song from, from that. Um, Oz, and Ozzy Osbourne's No More Tears come out. Like this, like the height of the metal revival, really. Uh, but also in 91, you have Nirvana comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Pearl Jam comes out. Sargon comes out with the album. Tribe Called Quest. De La Soul and the Pixies. So you sort of have this year where you have metal kind of like there and all of these other bands just sort of shoot off into space like with this year, like Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Soundgarden and Tribe all like rocket in fear. Whereas a lot of these other albums that released like Ozzy, GNR, Metallica, like after this year, sort of release this record and then kind of fade away. So it's a very sort of like crossroads year when this record comes out. And I think this song is sort of like, uh, along with some of those other bands, is sort of like the end of that that metal revival. Um, and it's sort of really interesting where it looks where it is in like rock history. It's kind of why I put it there. I mean, should it be a bit higher? I don't know. I like other tracks off that album a lot more. I think this is probably, they made this one probably the most well-known. Um, but like, uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting when you look at 91 and how that year sort of shaped out. Yeah. That's a year we should actually pay some attention to. Um, you're right. Uh, this, so this was four away back in 2004 that, that, so, um, and it's gone up a little, I, I kind of, it's, I, here's the thing. I think this song gets on here. Because I'm gonna be honest, I think it had a lot to do with the Yankees and Mariano Rivera. Um, this song right. became so much of a part. I mean, the Yankees are. You say, well, sports. Listen, say what you want about the Yankees. They're, they're one of the most successful franchises of all time. I'm sorry, Barry, you don't like me to say that, but they are right. Ooh. Whether you like them or not, right? And this guy is one of the greatest Yankees of all time. Maybe the greatest relief pitcher of all time. Got unanimously into the Hall of Fame, right? Um, and this was his song in the Bronx, in the South yeah. Bronx, this song coming out, right? So it had an impact, is what I'm saying. So maybe I, I maybe a little higher, but but yeah, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. When you look at the album as a whole, there's, there's other stuff there too. But I understand why this was the song picked. Yeah, I mean, for me... To straight off the album, I would put Sad But True in this song's place. Yeah. Like, I think that's a better song. But did, but did it have the impact? That's where... No. I yeah, mean, that's I the think thing. That's where, it it wouldn't have had the same amount of play. Right. No. Right. Right. But it is a very interesting year when you look at what was released that year. Yeah. Like I said, there was a, that was a big change that we started seeing in the pop landscape that year. Uh, a lot of changes started happening, mm. uh, like from 91 to 94, especially. The music landscape yep. completely changed. The pop music landscape changed a lot. 
and you started seeing alternative rock, heavy metal, grunge, uh, kind of take away the bubblegum the, the bubblegum stuff was going away. I mean, even if you look at those records, right? You got GNR's record, Ozzy Osbourne, Metallica, up against Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. Like, GNR, Metallica, and Ozzy just, like, fade into, like, nowhere. Like, they after this re- release, they're just gone. Yeah. I mean, Metallica comes back later with other releases, but they're largely out. And Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and Soundgarden just, like, rocket, you know, like, just sell unbelievable amounts of records. Um, so it's a very sort of, it's it's really interesting. Yeah, I just had to do a, a real quick, uh, you know what was the album of the year that year? But a Grammy? Oh, God, it's probably like Finding Cannibals or something. Well, uh, unforge- Unforgettable by Natalie Cole. <laughs> oh, a, come like on, a, Grammys. Come on, guy. Come on, Grammys. I mean, that's where I'm kind of going with this. Really, that that's, that was what, because it was so much. I, I thought it was a, whether you liked the music, it was such a creative year musically. Uh, and, oh. and, and, and let me tell you, the albums that were nominated at you were terrible, is what I'll just tell you. So. Oh, they're all going to be bad. Um, I, I mean, well, uh, so, okay, you know what got robbed that year? The other one that got robbed, I thought it was the album of the year, uh, was Rhythm of the Saints, Rhythm of the Saints by Paul Simon. That was an mm. amazing album. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, you had REM out of time. Yeah, we'll do a night. We, we actually missed, we probably missed the window, but we could do it later. I think we should do a 91 because I think this, it's an important, there's, oh. so, much, there's so much that changed that year in music. Yeah. Um, you, you keep having uh, artists on here that are putting out new music. You had Duran Duran and I have this next one. I don't know if this is new. Oh no, she's putting out new music still though. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. yeah. 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 Um, and I, I know you saved this one for me too. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. Uh, it's Diana Ross. Uh, it's I'm coming out. And uh, I have another warrant, Citizens Arrest Warrant, for the Rolling Stone magazine. I was going to say, I was wondering if you think it would be too low. This is, again, top 100, okay? This is this is a signature song of Diane, and it's an impact song. Okay, mm-hmm. it's got everything. So the story with this song, uh, Diana basically at the time, she was starting to move away from Barry Gordy. She hadn't quite done the separation yet. Um, and she brought in Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards from Cheek, right? who this should be producers and songwriters. And this is when Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards were starting to really branch out away from Chic. And basically they, they did a, uh, they went to a drag club one night. I don't know how they ended up. With a, you go figure that one out. Right. And they saw a bunch of these Diana Ross yeah, right. uh, looking drag queens. So they wrote, they wrote, they wrote the song on it. Right. And it was inspired. Um, Diana's view of the song is a little different. She didn't quite look at it as an LGBT type of thing, mm. but more of uh, this is kind of coming out of Barry Gordy's shadow, right? So this is her coming out of Barry Gordy's shadow. And this is a song that Diana, for probably most of the last few decades, has opened up her concerts with. Uh, the Central Park concert, she comes out in the rain. It's, it's fantastic with this. Uh, and what a song it is. And it was important to the LBG community is what I'm going to tell you. Because mm. uh, a lot of people were inspired to come out. I mean, I, I mean um, you know, I, I can just tell you it's, a, it's an important song with that. Um, and 
musically, it's fantastic. That trombone solo, um, Miko Monardo's trombone solo is iconic. It's one of the great trombone solos of anything. Um, this song should have been top 100. I, I don't know how it, I don't know how it wasn't. Uh, it's a shame because this was, this was really Diana, um, like I said, this is just, I think, for four decades, five decades now, Diana has, it's become such an important uh, part of this, you know, of her, of her music, um, of her, what she's done, you know, musically right now. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's to me, mm. I, I like, I'd like an understanding of that one. Um, I don't know where this was previously in Rolling Stone. I was, uh, I was not exactly able to find out much on this one. Uh, but it's way too low. And if I didn't mention what the number's at, it was 385. Hmm. So far too low. Far too low. Diana bias, I get it. But I, you're, you look, I, would you, where would you put this, Dave? I mean, I'm just curious. I'm not saying it has to be top 100 either. I mean, for, uh, I mean, I, I would say, I mean, it's the, it's the Duran Duran argument. Like, what else are you going to put higher? Like, I think it's probably putting aside the Supreme stuff. Yeah. Right? It's her most well-known song, wouldn't it be? Her most, Ups- most I mean, played? Uh, I would say it is. I mean, you have Upside Down. Yes. Uh, yeah. Keep on Mahogany. Um, Touch Me in the Morning. I mean, you have a few. But I don't see them higher than this. I, I can see some. I see something with the Supremes maybe being higher. I can see that, but I mean, maybe one fifty. I think Supremes go way higher. I think Supremes are in the top hundred easy. There's got to be a couple Supreme songs on this list, is what I'm thinking. But yeah, one. I'm okay. With, I I can live with one fifty. Three eighty five. You gotta. And, and yeah. not only that, okay. Again, I look at the again. If I'm looking at this list, and it's an impact list. Bernard Edwards and, and Nile Rogers. They were beginning this where they started, you know, coming out from Chic and, and really becoming a powerful force in the production. I mean, four years later, they, they go in and do Power Station with, with, with uh, two members from Duran Duran. So, I mean, they just start branching out and ex- exploding there. So, uh, but this... No, one, I... Uh, yeah. I agree, Coop. Yeah. but she Far too low. Far too low. Um, and, uh, but this was... She was I want to point out, she didn't leave Barry Gordy yet with Motown. Just keep that in mind. Yep. She was trying to come out from under his shadow. She, it was like about three years later when she left. So that didn't quite happen. That was a big contract that she signed with uh, RCA. Mm. Yeah. So one of the themes is uh, iconic sort of guitar-led rock, especially 70s rock, 60s, 70s rock, going way lower than it should for other people like taking their spot. Yeah. And my next two songs are like that in a nutshell. Uh, and it starts with the Kinks Lola at 386, which is just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, that's unbelievable. The the it's it's probably their I mean it's gotta be their best known song. Like it was it's, it's been in commercials, movies covered like uh, it's it's probably I mean there's other Kinks tracks I like maybe as much, but if you're not a Kinks fan, it's got to be the best known song. It's iconic about gender, sexuality, identity. Um, and I think, Coop, this is the sort of test case for that 70s, 60s, 70s rock mm-hmm. 
that usually dominates this list getting moved out. Because to be at 386 is just insane. It went up. By the way, just you know, this went up from the last. That's insane. Uh, That's insane. Yeah. Uh, when you look at this, um, it went up from, uh, I want to say, I had I wrote it down. Um, I want to say it went up. Yeah, it went up from uh, 422. Which I don't think. They, uh, here we have they do not queens. like Lola. And, and here we have drag queens again on this. On oh, yeah. LBG. Yeah. But not a song you think about with the LBG community, though. It's, it's not. No. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. Go I ahead, agree. Coop. I you agree. got some notes here. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean, I don't want to. So this song, all I can tell you, has a special meaning to me because the night of my bachelor party, uh, it was kind of the theme song of the night. I get in the car with my buddies and they put nice. this song on. And we, we, you know, going, we went, I think we stopped at a, at a pub first. Uh, it was, it was kind of a modern pub. And I said, well, what are we going to do tonight, guys? And they kept, they start going, yeah, they start singing the lyrics to lower for me. So I kept thinking the whole night they were going to try to put me through with a, with a drag queen. Right, and, right. And, and they didn't, thank God. They, they didn't, thank God. Uh, they took me to a place called Scarlet's, which was like the opposite is what I'll just tell you. Right. Oh, <laughs> Right. My wife went to the roof when she found out I went to Scarlet's, right? And uh, and and she's like, she got my buddy Mike, right? He's like the pillar of like, uh, how can I put it? Clean cut, like became a successful orthodontist, right? And she's like, when she found out Mike did this, Mike, I'm surprised at him. I said, what do you mean? He was the ringleader of the whole thing. It's those guys you got to watch. But uh, no, so there was no drag queen involved that night, which is good. So I, so I think they were just kind of playing me the whole night that they were going to do that to me, but they didn't. So, but it was a, right. it has a, it has a very special meaning because it was my bachelor party theme song. Uh, but nice. thank God, it, but but thank God, it really wasn't what happened. Oh man, oh, yeah, that'd be. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So, uh, but great, but 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 a great song. Um, it's a song you can like come along with too. You know, it's it, you can sing along with the song. Um, and it's it's like I said, I think it is. Um, I would probably put it top. It's a Kings Mount Rushmore song for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, now this band, I I I think will show up again. Um, but I'm interested to see what what you think of a. Uh, of this, the band and the the track you chose. Yeah, um, it was "Pictures of You" by The Cure at three seventy seven, um, and I was it fell from two eighty three, right? Yeah, two thousand ten. But I'll be honest with you, I thought I think this is not. I think this is where I would put it, right? Um, because you know, what what are you gonna do? Uh, just like heaven has got to be higher than this. Oh like, yeah, I mean. So, you know, I think this is fine. But if you are into the cure, this is quintessential cure is what I'm going to tell mm, you. Mm, and mm. and the cure, I think, were an important part of like that 80s uh, offshoot of, I don't know, it's kind of like a goth rock. There was yes, kind of this yep. goth, I, I don't want to say mm -hmm. punk rock, but it was more of a goth rock. And um, I kind of remember like in the mid 80s when this started, you know, when they started, when the cure really started coming up there. I don't know if the cure is in the Hall of Fame. They they should be. Oh, I think so. They hear me. Uh, you know, I think Robert Smith, uh, weirdest dude in the world, but an incredible talent. Um, and oh, they were inducted. They were inducted a couple years ago. Yes. 
I forgot about that. They are in the Kuro fam, fam yeah. Uh, but they, yeah, I really think, like I said, they're the goth rock. But they really, this is like right around the time they started finding their uh, their commercial success. But I mean, you have you have um, love song, Friday I'm in love. I mean, there's a lot of other songs mm. that I would put. Boys you know, don't cry. So yeah, boys don't cry. Let's go to bed. I mean, so I think I'm ho- I, I'm hoping this isn't the end of the cure on this list. Is where I'm getting at because I think there's songs ahead of this one for sure, but it's brilliant, brilliant lyrics in this song too. I'll just say. Oh yeah, I mean, they had a revival in the 2000s. Uh, I just put a track on my "Oops, I Forgot" list that uh, Robert Smith is featured on, so he's still out there. Yeah. Um. So they're still sort of still sort of going strong, and um. And yeah, no, I was like I said, it's like Duran Duran. I saw this on this list. I'm like, OK, I start thinking about like, OK, well, what other tracks are they going to have? Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to sort of chart where the cure pop up again, because we, we both think that they will. And this was kind of like I said, this was yeah, this was like right in you know, that peak period. It just was I just looked up the release it was 1990. And, you know, I think that was when the cure was like in, 87, in the 90s when they were really peaking. So. There's other yes. songs I think yep. that peak higher with them, as I'm just saying with it. But nonetheless, a, a fantastic track. Um, the lyric, like I said, the lyrics are great. It's it's from a inspiration when there was a fire at Robert Smith's house. So, all um, right, there you yeah. go. So, uh, you know, and he went through, I guess, some remains, and he found out he found a wallet that had pictures of his wife, and uh, you know, so that's kind of what inspired the whole whole thing on this. On oh, this good on you, Robert Smith is a hell of a songwriter. I'm gonna say that. Yes. Uh, yeah. He needs to move on from the hair, though. He needs a different, uh, a, different look, style. Yeah, he is just not. I mean, he's a creepy looking guy is all I can tell <laughs> it's you. A creepy I mean, guy. that's why, you know, it's, it's, he's goth rock all the way. Um, but it's not like that goth glam rock in the 70s. It's, it's, it's no, I don't know how to put it. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's good. Um, I mean, it inspired a lot of the emo that will happen in the late 90s early 2000s with like afi and stuff like that yeah yeah i agree oh uh, disintegrations um, on the album too it's a good album uh that they mm, have. It's it's good. yeah yeah it's a very good album now the next one i have sort of like when we're looking at the theme of the guitar led rock going down it's making room for i think women in hip-hop like cardi b in number 384 yep. with i like it hey dave one so thing, we're I moving dave one thing real quick I think I didn't yep. say Cures was a uh, picture you was at 377. I mean, I keep yep. saying that. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Coop is uh, is way further in the list than I am. So I'm still stuck in the uh, top half here. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Interrupt that's you. all right. Yep. Uh, but this is I love this song. It, it's we're, we're getting into the 2018. So we're getting a lot more uh, recent. Yeah. When it comes to these songs, Coop, that are sort of like 18, 19, like anything 2010 and up, I really don't have a problem with their placement because they haven't been out long enough for me to really know where they should go. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's kind of um, like cigar of the year coming out December 10th and it's your number one cigar. No, that's kind of the analogy I use with this. It, it need, it's not that the song's not great. It needs some time to see what the impact's going to be. So you don't know. So it's hard to really, I mean, some songs, I think you already know they're going to, Oh, this is an instant classic type song, right? but with the other ones, it's hard to tell. So in terms of placement, it does, I don't really have much thought on that. Um, 
it's a great mix of hip hop and like Latinx sort of street music with kind of highlighting her Puerto Rican roots, which is one of the main things they wanted to do with this song. Um, I love the track. It has a great energy to it. I think Cardi uh, Lizzo and, and uh, Megan Thee Stallion are really bringing that like Missy Elliott aggression and sexuality right. to modern hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that. I mean, Missy Elliott did a lot of that with her records in the 90s. And then it sort of kind of didn't really take off. But in the 2000s, it's really jumped with like Lizzo, especially like um, patterning her career off of sort of Missy Elliott. But a lot of this Cardi B, Lizzo, Megan Thee Stallion, Sweetie, Doja Cat even to some extent, they're sort of following that road laid by Missy Elliott with that sort of really uh, aggressive uh, rap with a lot of sexual themes that mainly was men before now, but they're really sort of picking that up. And uh, I think this is a great track and I love it. Yeah. I, uh, I think it's a good one, Dave. Um, you know, we talked a lot about, um, you know, female hip hop artists. They, they kind of took longer to get established. Yes. Which wasn't the case in the disco era is what I'm saying. So Mm -hmm. the disco era, they were, they were there right, right at the beginning, but this one, you know, hip hop, they were a little behind for sure. And I think 2000, like you said, that was the that was the year when I saw, you know, and I when that started to change. I remember hearing a Missy Elliott's. I don't remember what song I heard. I was in a Wilmington, Delaware Amtrak station and the music came on in the train station. Like, You're like, what is this? Yeah, but it's good. It was good. Yeah. But I think I think like if one of the themes we're looking at is 70s guitar rock going down, I think another theme is women in hip hop going way up. Yeah, like a lot more representation on the list, which is a good thing. And I think this is a evidence of that. Yeah, I agree. Ooh, I'm looking at my list here, Coop. What do you got next? Um, Something good. Yeah, this is. I'm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, just what I need at 369. <laughs> I love the song. OK, this was a breakthrough song for the cars. Um. And oh, uh, love the song, but I don't think it belonged on the list. <laughs> I, I honestly don't, but I love the song. Um, and I'm curious <laughs> because, again, I'm kind of curious why this song gets on the cars uh, list at 369, because there's other cars songs that I think should be on this list ahead of it. Man, um, but it's Benjamin. Benjamin Orr is. Mm. I love Rico Kazak, and we did the whole oh, But Benjamin Orr was, was the guy who always sung the best cars on. But this is a solid song. It was, it was the song that introduced us to the cars. Uh, it was um, you know, just what I needed. Um, mm. But I don't know. I just – I love the guitar work on here too. But I don't know. Is this a 500 greatest songs of all time is what I question. But I love the song is what I'm saying. I'm not, I love – is, did it? I mean, cars. I, I, I mean, I love the cars, <laughs> and I guess the impact you could say, um, I guess the impact you could say with um, with them is that this this got the cars on the map. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, cars. This is Like you, I think hey, Dave, maybe hey, Dave, it makes Dave, it in Dave, the first you, you, fifty. Yeah, you broke up. So if you said something, you may want to re-say it. You broke up pretty hard there. 
I I just said that I love the cars. I listen to them in high school like all the time. Yeah, I I do too. I do too. But okay, so let me let me let me start pounding up some other songs here. Uh, Yeah, my best friend's girl. Oh, uh, shake it up. You might think magic drive. Hello again. Heartbeat city. Tonight she comes. I would maybe not tonight she comes, but but there's. Again, I think those songs were just more drive. I think has to be on this list. I mean, that's what I just keep drive is. So that's gonna be higher. Drive's gotta be hot. I mean, drive was a monster hit for them, and it was just a, such a change. And it was, you know, the whole Paulina Poroskova thing, and it was. Uh, I you might for think me, a, yeah. I don't know if this song or my best friend's girl. I think that could go on that first fifty. Are they like 500 to 450? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Maybe just making it on. That's what I'm going to say. But not this this high. No. Yeah. This was from their first album, too. That's kind of where I'm going with this. Yeah. That's where I'm kind of going with this. This is probably higher than it should have been. But I mean, not when Lola's what, like 380 or something. Yeah. There's got to be. But I love this song. I'm not saying I don't love this song. Uh, Oh, no. Yeah. It didn't even chart well, this song. No. it, It was a 27. Uh, but the cars never were a big U.S. It, the funny is, really, it was Heartbeat City that kind of was the breakthrough commercial album uh, for them. But, uh, but and, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree with you in, in Too High. If it should be on that at all. Yeah. Like Drive was dry. And I, I don't know. I hope Drive is on them. Drive's like the song. You, you, you have a bad date or you break up with your girlfriend. You don't want to put that <laughs> song on, is what I'm telling you. It, it, it will. Uh, you know the Cars were an awful live band, is what. Oh, I'm, I'm sure of it. They were an awful live band, um, but they were an incredible studio band. So. Oh yeah. But this band, like they, that, were, they yeah. were very static on stage, and Oof. it was. I don't want to say they were awful, but you expected more because their studio work was so good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, there's bands that are like that. Yeah. Yeah. They're better studio. Yeah. Um, Merle Haggard. Coming yeah, in, good. Merle. Merle, 376. I was very surprised with this. Uh, it's a great track. It's sort of your classic. Um, Mama tried is the, the it's your classic. I say a classic country track of uh, growing up a man and going astray. It's a classic, you know, gone rogue, gone astray in my life. Uh, you know. Mama tried, but I turned out to be this like bad guy. It's a theme that Willie Nelson does. Johnny Cash does. It's a common sort of theme. Um, I like the fact that some classic country made it here and it wasn't Willie or Johnny. I'll be interested to see. I'm sure Merle Harriet Haggard is going to make it again. Um, but it was uh, it was interesting to see. Uh, and Merle has done the same track live with Dolly Parson, Dolly Parton on a variety show. So wow, there's your Dolly Parton like, hit for today. I was, I was wondering what Dolly was going to come in. But that's where it is. But no, I mean. Oh, I said in a, I see your note on it now. Yeah. Yeah. But it was good to see Merle on here. I was quite surprised. I'm okay with where it is. I'll be interested to see how country does. I think you're only going to get. I think this is my guess is that you're going to get some classic country, maybe some modern country. I think a lot of that sort of 90s pop country is largely going to be ignored. Um, hopefully, <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, it's a good track. Glad to see it. 
people should check that track out. I have no problem with placement or anything. Um, I think it's about. I think it's pretty. Uh, I I would I would have no problem with that either. With this one, I was trying to see where this one came. Um, it's an older song. I forget how old the song. Yeah, it's an old song. Yeah. Yeah, but I agree. This is uh, man, this is a song in '68. I wow, it is going back. Ooh. Yeah. It's a it's a good track. I mean, it's good to see some country on here. Yeah. It's good too. I mean, this was um oh. know, Merle, you know, Merle actually he died a few years ago when he died. He was um he was under I think he was like 80 79 or something like that he was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um he didn't he, he didn't die young, but he didn't you would think he would have lived longer, you know. I forget what happened with that. He had pneumonia or something like that. I think of what I remember. Yeah. It yeah. was something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, but he had a very good he had a very good uh run, Merle. I mean he mm. into the two thousands he was doing some good stuff. Sp- speaking of someone who died too soon, your next track coop, which I'd like your your thinking of uh I, I am very interested in your first dot point in your notes. <laughs> Yeah, so the car is guess what I mean? It was three sixty nine, and everyone's gonna shoot me for this. Little red Corvette, <laughs> little red Corvette's at three sixty. It's too high. It's not. It's oh, cool. I'm I'm sorry. This is not a great Prince song, but like the there's Prince songs I put ahead of this one. Um, the album cut is much better than mm-hmm. the. I think the problem with this one is the album cut never made it onto radio. You don't and, like the single. The single they cut, they cut like a minute and a half off. They they cut they cut mm. the whole part off about girl got an ass like I've never seen. Yeah, I mean that that part's good. So it gets cut. Um, I understand a lot of people like this song. It's from the 1999 album. Um, I don't have a problem with it on the list, right? But I I don't know. I mean I think 1999 is a much better song, right? Mm. I would put Prince's uh, Controversy ahead of, of this song. The, the title mm. track off that one. I would probably put what's going to happen with like Purple Rain's got to get three songs on this list is what I have to. Keep. Yes. Are when Doves believe, Cry, when's that? When Doves Cry, Let's Go Crazy. And I think Purple Rain will be the highest Prince song place is my guess. Right. So you got to put those on there. So um, I think you could get a little of the uh, some of the stuff from Sign of the Times on there. Kiss. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean. Those songs have got to be higher, is what I keep thinking. Um, you know, it was actually it wasn't even the highest track. You know, on 1999, the highest track, uh, the highest single place was actually "Delirious" of all the songs. Mm. Which I think this is a better song than "Delirious." Yeah, 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 I so, agree there. But I don't know. I mean, it's a nice song, but I think I can name like a lot of Prince songs that should be ahead of this song. Well, it's the Beatles' problem, isn't it? In the sense that, yeah. Thirty Prince songs, like you get. Yeah. So it's like, I think the problem is, is he has so many songs that yeah. are good. But do you like? Do you leave like the three pur- the three songs from Purple Rain? Do you leave them off for this one? That's where I'm going with this. I think and, that's going to be the thing to watch is like what's going to be left off because it's going to have to be because they can't put twenty songs on it, the it, list. They can't. And 1999, in my opinion, was the was the more impactful song. 
because yes. it was, because it was the whole thing about going, like, especially when we got to 1999, that song got such a resurgence, right? It became the theme of the closing out of the millennium in a lot of ways. Yes. So that's I what agree. I'm kind of going with my logic on. It's not that I don't like this song, right? But it's not, there's other songs that I think need to be, and I think you nailed it with the Beatles angle on that. It's the Beatles problem we're going to have with it. It's this. the Beatles. It's the Led Zeppelin problem. It's the Marvin Gaye problem. It's like, that's so, I mean, you could put the whole, what's going on record on here, but you can't put 10 songs on. No. So yeah, it's going to be hard. 1999 was a double album. And I'll be honest, there was some filler tracks on that album. Uh, mm. He probably should have split that into two albums, but it is what it is. Right. So, uh, and like I said, is this one of the better tracks in 1999? Yeah. But 19, yes. but, but, uh, there's not, yeah. There's stuff on that album that's filler and there's other stuff that's like deep cuts that you didn't make it onto the radio either. No, I, uh, I wholeheartedly, even though it's a hot take coop and it's going to generate some uh, comments, I agree that, that you're looking at it relative to Prince's other work. Yeah. Uh, knowing that you can't put every Prince song on the list, so some have to go. So it'll be interesting to see which ones do. And uh, I, I could see that. Yep, exactly, exactly. Before I get into my next song, which I was shocked to see on the list at all, um, where are you at with your cigar there? Uh, I'm making it into the second third of my Piv Robusto. Uh, I have a breeze coming in. I have the bay door open. It, it's like about 70 degrees here. Uh, and so my burn's a little wonky, but that's – and also uh, I just uh, – you know, I'm talking and stuff, but this is a fantastic cigar. You get this graham cracker sweetness on this cigar with uh, a little bit of this black pepper on here. Uh, wonderful natural tobacco note. Um, there's even like a, a earthy component and there's a little, there's a slight creamy component to this. It's a great cigar. Um, I, I can't wait to review this cigar formally. Um, it's going to do well. It's going to do very well on Coop with this cigar. Um, Dion, <laughs> Dion, please make more of these and hear me. <laughs> if you want to come on our show, you're welcome to come on our show. <laughs> um, like I said, um, I, I went and told Aaron Nielsen about this cigar. Aaron Nielsen bought a box of them, like based on my recommendation. He loved it. So, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, Aaron buys stuff, but the joke is Aaron buys his cigars by the box, not by the same. Uh, and oh, I, yeah, I, always, yeah, I always yeah. worry about that. So, uh, so uh, I smoked a ton of these in Florida and I just like smoked through them so fast. It was just it was a cigar. I want. It was when I had, I had a lot of duds when I smoked in Florida. When mm. I smoked this, this was like, this is good. This is good cigar. It's just this is like this is something special. This is Jeremy Piven. You got a hell of a cigar right now. Mm. You, you really do. Now, I can't remember. Have you had this the box press yet? I haven't. I have it. Oh God, it's so good. It, 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 you get these like multi notes and then it's like chocolate and earth and it's so good. Like you have a lot of rich flavors, but it's not a heavy cigar. Yeah. Um, it is ve- like the flavor is just off the chart. Yeah. And, and just, you know, why I haven't smoked it is when I was doing the year end stuff, um, you're just smoking like crazy. So that's why I really needed to give it its due. I think you're going to really like it. How do you compare it to the Toro? I think the flavors are more pronounced. That's what Mike was saying. I think the flavors really hit you a lot more. Yeah. It burns and everything the same. 
Um, but I think, and I think it's that coffee stout flavor really comes through a lot more in my opinion. I, I mean, I got to say this, and this is with all due respect to Skip, who's made some amazing cigars for Roma Craft. This is up there with the best Roma Craft cigars. Oh, yeah, That's I agree best this, it, it, Here's the thing. I, I like the Perfecto. I love the Toro. Um, so I'm really excited to smoke this. I got to go back and smoke the Perfecto, uh, see how they smoke. Um, yeah, this is, all, this is a very special cigar that, that Mike has. And I oh, yeah, perfect. I love he what he's doing. He's just he's releasing one size at a time, making it limited. But I'm sure he can re-release some of these sizes down the road. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I it's a great. It's turned into a great uh, line under under the Palestani portfolio for sure. It's so good, yeah. so good. Um, and I have to thank Mike for throwing him in there because I think what happens sometimes with Mike is I I don't time my my purchasing properly and like i'll put it in an order and then like the next day he'll release a cigar that i really want oh tell me about Never. it uh, um, you know and I he was I, nice enough to toss some in there before yeah. he sent it over so yeah and i've been buying some of my fuente stuff through mike too uh buy everything through it's mike. not cheap it's not cheap but he doesn't no. have a lot of them either and uh believe me mike you, what you get from mike is well worth we'll, we cover that every week and yes uh, one of the best retailers in the country that's right. Get in there, Mike. Yep. Um, now you went through a, a song that you thought was a bit too high. I'm putting in a song that I'm just shocked made. The, I mean, out of her music as well. Like, how did this make it? Uh, so I have Bonnie Raitt. I can't make you love me at 372. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean, so it's a really good song. She's sort of known as like your country blues type artist. She's got a little bit of country twang in there, but she's quite a blues artist as well. So it's good to see some sort of like female blues artists on here. Uh Um, This is off probably her most successful record, Luck of the Draw. Uh, I think one of her best tracks is where she does John Prine and um, Angel from Montgomery, which I think is going to be on here somewhere. Uh, It's a great track. Um, that I can't make you love me is so it's like a devastating track. It's been covered by like everybody under the sun. Um, you know, Bonavere, Boys to Men, Adele. It's just like so as I can see, it's quite well known, quite well covered. I can see why it's on this list. Um, I hope Bonnie Raitt makes it again because I think there's some other tracks that are better. Um, so I hope she makes it again. Uh, and Bruce Horns on piano. Coop. Yeah, you can really yeah. pick up on that. He has a definite you style know, that you're you know like, his, yep. You, you know his piano style. It, it's it's like the same with like Roy Britton. You know his piano style. You know the Bruce Hornby one as well. Um, so no, it's a good track. I was surprised to see it here because like I said, I thought she might come in higher with like some other tracks, but uh, hopefully this won't be the only time we see her on the list. But yeah, Bonnie Ray at 372. Uh, she fell down from it was higher. Uh, it was at uh, 3.39. I could see that. Um, so it did fall down a bit. Um, it was interesting because um, Nick of Time was the album that was the Grammy winner in 89. I mean, that kind of yeah. just shocked everyone when it won. But Luck of the Draw, would you say, was the was the better album? I think so. Like, if you look at... If you look at if you look at in isolation, like the singles that did or the tracks that did well off that, I think most of her most no, no most of her well known tracks are off that record. Yeah, um, I I agree. I mean, 
but this album, I believe, let me just double check it. Uh, it was, it did get a Grammy nomination. Yeah. Uh, do you know who produced that album? No. It, uh, Don was. Right. Don was. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, but I actually thought Luck of the Draw was the better album, even though Nick of Time was like the one that uh, won the Grammys uh, that it kind of just kind of yeah. that year. It was it was a major upset, I thought, with the Grammys that year when uh, she won. So um, but Nick of Time was like really a uh, I, I don't know. It was just a uh, it shocked everyone that year. Um with that so i think it was mm. you know it was you know but like i said i think this was a better album i uh i left this next track for you coop oh uh, that's i uh, appreciate this one as well uh yeah so this <laughs> is um i appreciate it uh cheap trick surrender at 356 um i think this is about where it should be um mm. it moved up a lot dave this was yes. 471 the last time so I'm wondering maybe if the little cheap trick resurgence, this was a big jump it made, right? And I, I think so. Yeah. I think the new album helped. I think the new album helped. And, and here's the thing that's really cool. Our friend and colleague, Aaron Nielsen's father, wrote this song. Mm. His father, this was his song his, that he wrote there. Um, and it's a great song, Dave. It, it's one of my favorite cheap trick songs, um, for sure. Uh, it's a, it's kind of this theme anthem, and it's it's kind of written from a point of a narrator describing uh, he's a baby boomer. He's talking about his GI generation parents. So there's some really cool lyrics in this song, is what I'm mm. saying. It's just a really well done song. Um, I thought 471 last time around would be too low for it. Yeah. So now you have. Um, I think this is about where it should be. Um, I would. I'm gonna guess. I want you to want me. It's got to be higher. I got to guess Tree Trick's going to have a second song. Yes, it would have to be. Um, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a, it's one of my favorites. I put this on a Cheap Trick Mount Rushmore for sure. Um, mm. Great song live. Uh, uh, and like I said, it's cool to know that someone we know wrote this. Because like, we know we met, we talked to Rick on this show. But certainly, mm. you know, Aaron has become a very good friend. Uh, um, I mean, I text with him every day. It's that, <laughs> it's that point. So, uh, and, a, a, and, a, and Aaron now is much more known, I think, for his cigar stuff. Now, <laughs> he's he's become mm. a he's become a very popular figure uh, with the coop. Nice. So yeah, great job. Uh, bias, yes, but I think before I knew Aaron Nielsen, I loved this song. And oh yeah, I mean it's yeah. yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, you're right. I mean the, the they're gonna have another track I on wonder here why for it, sure. It, I'm just I wonder what surged this song up so much. Um, it, it, maybe you're right. It's a new album because the new album was so good. I, that's all I could think of is why, because, again, this song is what changed so much with especially where you would think this song could have got bumped off with the newer artists coming in. Mm, mm. I think so. I mean, I think the fact that they're still putting music out and like around probably yeah. helped. Yeah, I think that helped, too. And they're touring extensively. Rick's, yes. Rick's, yeah. I mean, it's going to be I know I want to get Rick back on the show. It's going to be some time because he's he's been on the road. Like and I know he's, he had a little downtime with his family and stuff. So oh, during the Christmas break. So, yeah. Now, I'm interested in your thoughts on this track, Coop, uh, as we're nearing the end of our list here. I have. 
Buddy Holly, Peggy Sue, 370. It is a classic rock track. And I don't, I mean, I think Buddy Holly's impact on music is uh, underrated, I think. Like you think of him, Elvis, Little Richard, Dick Dale, and they're extremely influential on a lot of music that, you know, came like from Beatles to Beach Boys to, you know, a lot of stuff from from there till now. And I, I just think this is way too low. And I think maybe I think Buddy Holly can get a bit uh, missed when we're looking at influential uh, artists. Oh, I completely agree. Now, last time around, this was at 194. So this had a big drop, right? Um, and I tried to figure out why this had a big drop because there's been other lists done. Um, like National Public Radio had this song on the top 100, for example. The song is it's a Grammy Hall of Fame song. It's a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum song. And it's, and it's important with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because they call it as a song that shaped rock and roll. I don't understand wh- why this kind of fell where it did. I don't I, know. I, I think this is like 370, uh, 370 Peggy Sue. I don't know. Unless it's like you said, like they're putting in a lot more room for hip hop and all the like rock stuff is getting. Getting pushed with like oh. cheap trick being the exception to the rule, I guess. Okay. All right. But, but, but this is at three, six, 370, right? Mm. And you have the cars at 369. That's right. All right. So, and again, nothing against the car song, but that's where I'm kind of going with. Like, come on. Now, Prince at 360 with Lord Corvette. Again, I kind of looked at that. I'm like, well, how does this song get bumped to 370? Uh, I think Prince's death had something to do maybe a little with that, too. Yeah. Yeah, but, I agree with that. Um, and it, there's been a but again. Yeah, I, I think this is this is a, it's such a important song. And then you can go back, Dave. I mean, and I'm curious. I haven't seen where Bill Hill in the comments rock around the uh, clock is going to be right. Right. I looked at this as like the next step at the next step of from Bill Haley in the comments. If you want to say he ushered in the beginning <sighs> of rock and roll, this was kind of that next next wave that came in. And it was, like, I mean, yeah, this is my only thinking is that in making this list they're looking at the music today and they're sort of saying like, when we did the last list, the music that we were listening to at the time that that list came out, was heavily influenced by 50s, 60s, 70s rock. Yeah. And I think they're thinking now, like, if you look at the music that influences society today, it's far more hip-hop influenced. So these songs are going down and hip-hop's going up. Is they just see hip-hop as more influential in general, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's way too low. Way too low. Way too low. I, I, I don't under I, I it's perplexing me. Especially since it did drop so much. It was higher. And I can even argue when it had that um that one ninety four was low. Yeah. So I mean I think you're talking something that's certainly worthy of the top hundred. Oh, you think so? I mean, so this one this one is perplexing me a lot. I just think that when we get to the top ones, you're gonna have iconic Songs and a lot more hip hop, I think. That's just my guess. And R and B. Yeah, I mean, there's a. We know what the top ten is, so yeah, that's. I think that's where it's gonna lean towards. 
I think you're uh, right. Let's get to your your uh, your track here, Coop. Get uh, in the disco vibe. And I have another great disco song. Um, Delma Houston's Don't Leave Me This Way at 355. This is another disco classic. Um, now, it, Delma Houston actually did a cover of this song. Uh, it was it was released, um, this was like late 70s it came out. But like the mid-70s, um, Hel- Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes uh, did this song. Um, and by the way, it was written by uh, uh, Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff, right? There's a Gamble Huff, big part of that Philadelphia music movement, Sound of Philadelphia, the Gamble Huff sound. Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, they did a very good version of this song. But I think Thelma took this song to the next level. Um, and what this is really cool is, like I meant, we mentioned disco was really a, a genre where female artists shine. Um, and, and Thelma's got a voice, which is incredible. And when you listen to the lyrics of the song, it kind of goes, it, it's a breakup. It's about a breakup, right? And she kind of, as she's singing this, and this is something a la Diana Ross could do very well, bit of an apologetic tone, right? Mm. And then kind of turns it in the chorus, and it's like that, that female powerful girl power thing comes in there, mm. like, which is really, really, really great. Um, I would have pushed this much higher, uh, 300 minimum of it. Um, the extended version is, is incredible too, because it was the extended version that really made it onto the dance floors, uh, at mm-hmm. the nightclubs in the disco era. Uh, it's a song that survived the disco era very well. So I think it belongs on here. Um, there's a scene in the movie summer of Sam, if you haven't seen it, right. Uh, that you have to see it. It's a breakup scene that happens and it's a girl power breakup scene. If you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it. And this song's mm-hmm. playing in the car and uh, the uh, it, it's just uh, it's a fantastic scene uh, <laughs> where the, you know, you'll see the girl basically tells the guy, uh, go fuck off. Basically. <laughs> yeah. You Literally, tell him. Yeah, really. So, and this song's playing it. It's the perfect song is what I'm just going to tell you. Mm. Uh, great song. It was good to see the disco era. Rep- like I said, I'm not saying this was, it's a very good song. I think 300, I think it's a little low with this one uh, for sure. Right. Uh, okay. I don't know where this one ranked previously. So. Oh, I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts? I know we talked about disco and this might come up in your bottom in your final thoughts, but like, how do you see disco faring on the list thus far? I think pretty good. I think pretty good so far. Uh, I'm really curious to see where Donna Summer is going to come in in some of the BG songs. Yes. Um, Quite so, high, you'd think. And and I know you don't like this song, but Dan McCoy <laughs> and the Hustles got to be on this list. Oh, is what I, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I know. Yeah. I know what you're. I know. I know your feelings on that. Song. You know my feelings. Yes, but, but I agree. I mean, it's got to be on the list, surely. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this was an this was a Grammy Award winning performance by Dama Houston. It's an important thing to make too. Right. Uh, but, oh, another little thing that I found out afterwards, and I didn't put it in the notes. Um, originally they had this song slotted for Diana Ross. Really? Yeah, and uh, it was going to be uh, a follow up to Love Hangover, and at the last minute they uh, it Motown gave it because because Thelma was on Motown. They gave it to uh, Dalma over Diana. So I, I, I always would have won. Because, again, it's such a Diana type of song. Yeah, well, yeah, pulling, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I can see her pulling it off. 
I'm going to finish up my list. I finally could break out of the of the high 300s and get to three three fifty three. But that's what I'm saying. The lower part of this was stronger. Uh, Arrhythmic sweet dreams are made of this three fifty three. I love Annie Lennox. Her sort of gender bending and dark vocals are unlike were unlike anything that they thought women artists would put out at the time. Um, I think her music has done a lot for people like Lord, people like Bjork. Um, even if you look at like Arlo Parks and others that have really sort of have what you would say is a non-traditional female vocal, have a lot to um, have owe a lot to Annie Lennox and sort of her like, you know, the, sh- the, the we all remember like the buzz cut kind of red hair wearing the suits um, really sort of have that kind of really dark imagery and that vocal, um, very deep vocal. I, I love her stuff. Um, this came out when the band was sort of close to breaking up. Yeah. And Annie Lennox saw the song and she's like, I got to sing the song. Like, I can't pass up this song. And it kind of saved the band in a lot of ways. And um, it, thank goodness it did. Because, yeah. Um, it's true. It's such a great song, and it's been covered poorly. It's it been it, covered very poorly. It's been covered. Um, <laughs> um, I, I've seen, uh, but Meryl Manson covered it, which was like, yeah, he uh, did, uh, and it was not good. It was not. Good. Um, it was bad, but uh, it just shows, I guess, the influence. Um, and I think it is like criminally low. Because um, what other song is your remix going to have on here? Or or Annie Lennox? Here Comes the Rain. Not yeah, higher not, than this one. Um, not as good as this. Would I Lie to You? Not as Maybe. Good as, yeah, I don't think it's going to top this one. It's not and as it, good as this. This might and, be it. In 2004, this was a 356. I, I think it's a little low. Uh, and look, don't, don't underestimate the contributions of Dave Stewart. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why I was going. Dave Stewart was such a part of the. I mean, he basically he's the other half of the Eurythmics, right? And, and yeah. If that split had occurred, and it's, eventually a split did occur. Eventually, but yeah. yeah. But Dave Stewart, uh, he he's just a master songwriter and a master arranger. Um, there's a you know this song actually was in that post disco era. It was popular. In the, so in the, good. It, it is. Uh, it's. But yeah, you're right. I mean, if. I don't know if any other song will be higher. It should be higher than this one. I don't know. And that's what worries me. It's like, I think this might be it. And it's, it's way too low. Sisters are doing it for themselves by Annie Lennox. No, I, I think. No, not, not as much impact as this song had. Surely. Was this the number one song? I, I mean, this was, a, this, this was a big, um, this was a big, uh, it wasn't, a, no, it wasn't number one. I don't know. Um, it did go number one. Yeah, it should. It should have went number one. It's a great yeah. song. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'm a bit concerned, but I'm glad it at least is on here so we can talk about it. But um, great song. And your last one, Coop, I knew you're going to select this man. Yeah. We've talked about him before. This came up with Booth, right? He came up on a Booth show, I want to say. When you did Booth. Did it... I... Yes. Uh, Jorge Benjur, mm-hmm. uh Ponta de Lanza Africano. At 351. Um, Jorge Benjur is probably the greatest Brazilian artist. This is a world music song. 
and he's probably the greatest artist ever to come out of Brazil. He'd um, have to be. Yeah, he's still performing. He's in his 80s, right? Um, he, yeah, and he's, like I said, he, he's beloved in Brazil. I remember during the Live Earth concerts, he, had, he was the headliner. He, he's a guy who hasn't really gotten known in the U.S., uh, but this song, uh, Ponta de Lanza Africano, um, it's a it's a Brazilian African fusion song, which we have seen others do that. Right. Um, mm. But the cool thing is when you listen to the intro to this song, it's kind of bluesy. It's kind of got a little bluesy intro. Right. But then it gets into that that Brazilian African fusion. And, and I got to yeah. say, Paul Simon, Rhythm of the Saints. I think that's what everyone would think of that Brazilian African fusion. I, I got to think he was inspired by Jorge Benjor. And maybe this song, I don't know that. But the song is, is a sports song. It's basically a song about an African soccer player. Uh, yeah, I mean, how, yeah. I mean, for me, I think this is probably my favorite song. Well, yeah. Okay, where it's placed. Yep. I don't have a problem with its place. Uh, it's not Jorge Benjamin's best song either, I'll say that, but. You know, Jorge Benjo, he's, he's the most popular artist in, in one of the most populous countries in the world. <laughs> yes. Um, he deserves to be on this list. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. His music is, is really, really good. Um, and uh, I don't know if he'll have another song. I doubt he'll have another song on this list. But it wouldn't surprise no, me. No, yeah, I agree. There could be a couple of others. I wouldn't, maybe one other. But uh, I would say this is, this is where it should be. And I don't know if this one at all placed before on a um, on a Rolling Stone list. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think where where what world music artists will fit on here. I mean, Fela Kuti probably will be up here somewhere. I would think. Um, I would think maybe um, maybe UB40, who's yeah. much bigger in the uh, outside the U.S. I could see that uh, maybe a Robbie Williams song sneaks on here would be the other one I could go. I mean, uh, the girl from Ipanema who did that track. Well, so many people did it. Uh, Sinatra even did that. Yeah, Antonio Carlos. But yeah. Uh, so I still be some more. I don't some more world music, and this is definitely a good place. And uh, I like I like the track. And yeah, I'm glad it, that. By the way, in the Diana. album Africa Brazil is a great album. It, it's oh, and yeah. this Rolling Stone did an, a list of Brazilian albums years ago, and this was in the top 100. Oh, it have to be. Yeah. Um. So it's it's made it's made some lists. Uh, the album's really really good. Uh, like I said the, the album's a great album. Uh. It's all Portuguese, but you, you you won't know it. Final thoughts on the list, Coop. I mean, we, we talked about in the beginning. It's diverse. You got a lot of genres represented. Um, I think guitar rock, rock is still going to get low on the list. Like I don't see, um, and I think we're going to see more women, and especially more women in hip-hop, and hip-hop in general having more of a, more of a footprint just because that music has sort of grown in popularity since the last list was made. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you're right on it. Here's a big question I have. You know, this list is an update from 2010, right? Yeah. So you have a decade that's going to be included on here. 
I haven't really seen that decade very well represented yet. Yeah, I think I'm curious to see what the highest placed song in the decades that decade is going to be. I reckon we'll get one in the top 20. One, maybe. Does Taylor is Taylor been on the list yet? I think so. I think okay. she has, but I didn't I'm trying to talk remember. about it. I don't see her going that high. Maybe top 100, maybe. I think you're going to see like a Dr. Dre or let's see, in the last 10 years. Beyonce will probably be quite high. I'm thinking Bruno Mars has got to get on this list at some point. Yes, he'll get on here. Um, Def Punk. Def Punk, Get Lucky. Uh, I don't know where that's going to be. Uh, Harry Styles, I think, has a shot, potentially. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be super high. Again, I don't know where you um, – again, the problem is it's a, it needs more time to really see where it's going to be. Mm. Um. Def Punk was a good one. I, you know, does Arcade Fire sneak on it? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know either. It's uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. The other thing I'm, I'm curious about is the progressive rock movement has been much yes. more embraced by Rolling Stone um, since the last list. And we've seen this a lot. So the question is, do we see some more progressive rock on this list? Um, that's going to be a big question. And we've seen a couple of songs already that's been on here. So I, uh, uh... I think there's going to be a big Madonna dump pretty soon. Like, we're going to have to get a lot of Madonna tracks pretty soon, we're to, surely. We're going to have to get Madonna. Does Phil Collins make this list at some point? Um, oh, you'd have to. You know, well, he hasn't had great luck on this list. Um, so I'm kind of curious of, of that, you know, what's going to happen with that. The the changes puzzled me, Dave, with this particular <laughs> section of the list. Like, I think I mentioned, you know, how songs went up and down. We talked about some of these differences. Um, how, how does this happen? Uh, is like some, you know, like I mentioned the cure falling, um, the cheap trick moves up a lot. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see kind of, obviously it's probably different people voting on it this time. Uh, Yeah. Oh, you never know what the photos think really. I mean, there were, there were two really, really bad, uh, hungry rock the wolf and I'm coming out with really kind of dinged, I think with this. Mm. Um, so I don't know. You know, again, with Peggy Sue was a big surprise as well. So, mm. and then when do we see more of these um, Chuck Berry? Like, where is Chuck Berry going to be on this list? Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, I mean, that that's another. Just kind of looking at the list, Dave, um, real quick, right? Before we wrap yep. up the segment. I just want to mention a few other songs that were on the list that we didn't talk about. Um, mm-hmm. so let me kind of go real quick with that. Um, I pulled up the list here. Uh, David Bowie stays in the station was at 400, right? That was what mm-hmm. we didn't mention. Um, we talked about, um, they had Jeff Buckley's grace at 394. Yes. I saw Coldplay's that. Fix you at 392. Mm-hmm. Eric Church's Springsteen, uh, 391. There was a newer one that made it that we didn't talk about. So, you know, there's some other ones I just want to make. Pretenders, Brass and Pocket. Sorry, didn't come on at 389. <laughs> uh, yeah, DMX's Party Up at 388. Okay, yep. Um, you know, so there was some other ones. I just want to kind of go through. I think we covered most of these. Uh, Fiona Apple Paper Bag at 382. Hector, mm, Hector may mm. not be happy with that one. I just think there's going to be more Fiona coming. 
Well, I think so too. That's what you got with uh, where criminal isn't with that. Uh, Killers, Mr. Brightside at 378 made it. Um, yeah, so that was another one. Uh, I thought about picking that one. Um, uh, Drake, Hotline Bling. Yes. 373. Uh, Elton John, Benny and the Jets. We didn't, neither of us picked that mm-hmm. one. I'm no. not a ben- well, I just think I'm not a Benny and the be Jets more. guy. I'm not a Benny and the Jets guy. Yeah. No. Yeah. But 373. Uh, yeah. Uh, that Frank Ocean, uh, thinking about you at 212. At yeah, 2012, up oh, to yeah, from 2012 at 367. Uh, Do Ron Ron by the Crystals at 366. That's a that's another impact song. Mm. Sex Pistols 365. God Save the Queen. I just think there's going to be more Sex Pistols. That's why yeah. I skipped that one. Grateful Dead Box of Rain at, at uh, 364. There's got to be more Grateful Dead if Box of Rain is there. I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah. Bob Marley and the Whale is Could You Be Loved at 363. Yes, very low. I, I am holding off on Bob Marley because I think he's going to get yep. another couple. I think so. Too. Now, here's an interesting one, David. 362, Casey Musgraves is merry-go-round. Yeah, I don't know. I That puzzled me. Yeah. I like Casey Musgraves. Yep. Don't know about that. All right. Now, I didn't pick this one. I almost did, right, at 359. And you're going to disagree with me on this one, right? Fuji's killing me softly with his song. The problem I have is it's not a, it's not as good as the uh, original. Original, yeah. No, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, the Roberta Flack version is the one. Yeah, that, yeah. So I, that's I, the one. That's yeah. the one I would go with on that. Patty Smith because the night at three fifty eight. Now the only reason I didn't pick that because I love Patty Smith yeah, yeah. is that I know something off a of horses has to be way higher. Yep. It's got to be. Yep. Taylor Swift blank space at three fifty seven. I'm holding off on my Taylor. I, I figured you did that. Yep. I'm holding off because I think she's going to be higher. I, I, I figured that that's why you didn't pick it. Uh, we, we, we didn't we didn't pick this one. Right. Uh, Michael Jackson's rock with you. Same logic. Same logic. There's going to be, you know, where does beat it and Billie Jean come in on this list? And and, st- and like more off the wall, more stuff from off the right. wall. Like, where's yeah. that going to be? Yeah, exactly. Um, and Ice Cubes. Uh, it was a good day. I got I, I was that one. The three fifty two. I think I only didn't pick that because I think Ice Cube has some more impactful songs that would be higher. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think so. I think that's a lot of the reason if you're looking at this list and say why we didn't pick it. I think we're kind of banking on the fact that, you know, some of these artists, Hoping. Elton John's and the, you know, Taylor Swift are going to be higher. And Michael Jackson. And we don't know if they are. We're just hoping that. they are. Yeah, I think what we're, I think what we're going to be looking for is, is there something that comes in that says, wow, that's way too low or that's way too yeah. high. Yeah. Or yeah, or like songs are like I don't know if this band is gonna get another song on you. I better yeah, exactly. Talk about it. Yeah, you said was a good example of that. So, uh, it's a fun it's a fun exercise to go through for sure. Oh, they're yeah. gonna get hard. It's gonna get harder, Coop. Yeah, when we start getting into that top one hundred. Jesus, um. Where's your cigar at as we're in the final in the, the final section here? This is a very slow burner I have going. It is. Yeah, it's a, it's a very slow burner, but it's a very good cigar. Not much of a change that I have beforehand. I'll definitely get more earthy, I'd say, right now. Um, this is a cigar, like I said, it's – um, and this is historic, – like, historically, this has been a slow-burning cigar, by the way. So it's not a surprise. Um, but okay. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's, uh, 
It's a very enjoyable cigar. It's a cigar that I would also say, uh, sip. You want to sit back and relax and enjoy this cigar because you're gonna get a lot out of it. Hmm. Mine. Uh, you're getting mainly coffee and malt notes by now. Like I'm, I'm pretty much done. Yep. Um, smoked really well. Construction's obviously good because it's from Nico Sueño. And he, like you said it before, like he really hit it out of the park with this blend. Mike and the guys at Nico Sueño really nailed it. He, you know, he's got that and he's got SPC right now as his two limited. So um, it's exciting to see, you know, because I think we're all waiting for another SPC for sure. Hey, I keep seeing pictures of the SPC 20 in the wild. Mike, what's up, man? He gave me one of them. It's good. Mike, what's going on? Yeah, he gave me one when I was down there. So, oh, but I think Ben looks hot. Yeah, but I'm sure like right now he's, you know, I'm sure Skip's got his production going as well. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, I got to be honest as we kind of get into this end of year. So I haven't seen Roma Craft really shining on a lot of lists this year. It's kind of a shame. No, a lot of it with me was simply uh, I had a lot of line extensions from it. Line extensions do qualify. Um, mm. So, I mean, they fell a little short, unfortunately, this year. But, uh, you know, look, I think his consistency has been great. I mean, and, oh, yeah, uh, you know, you, you can't come. That's something you can't ding them for as consistency. No, um, Roma craft. So, um, you know, that's I don't think it's any, but I'm a little surprised. I, I would think some of these Bacas that came out over the last mm. year would be on more lists. Um, some of the stuff I didn't get the review that is still eligible to be reviewed. So, so, uh, we'll see what happened. But yeah, I am a little surprised at some of the list performance this year of Roma craft. Speaking of Roma craft and Mike, where. 45. Yeah, so uh, always sponsored by Cigar Hustler, located in Deltona, Florida. Uh, great retail store. Uh, it is the perfect storm for what you expect from a retailer. Uh, great product selection, great staff, uh, great customer service, great lounge to smoke in. Uh, you can find all the post, you can find most of the post downy stuff there, all the course mm. stuff for sure. And I think they have some limited from time to time. If you can't get to Deltona, Florida, which I advise if you're anywhere in Central Florida, make a trip there. Um, go to CigarHustler.com. Get on their mailing list. Uh, when the emails come out, um, you want to be able to go ready. If you're an LCA guy, Limited Cigar Association, the stuff from Pravada, um, you want to get on that mailing list because they will, at the stroke of midnight, those cigars are available for sale. And they go mm. fast. So, um, you know, certainly get those cigars if, if you're, uh, you know, and it's, I look, I, we had a lot of shows. We had the show with Brian, a lot of talk. There is some good LCA stuff I'm seeing. Some of this, like, I was a fan of Cinnabon, right? But this watch cigar, no. he, one of those watch, <laughs> that watch awesome. cigar he did out of Racist Cabanas was fantastic. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I'll be, you know, the first one to say it. Um, so, yeah, you want to get on that. And, uh, of course, catch A Cigar Hustlers podcast, uh, for the uh, shenanigans of Mike and Mike as well. Uh, yes. You definitely want to check that out. I got to catch up on, on the, the last I, couple. I, 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 yeah, I'm, be, I'm behind on a lot of people's podcasts this year. Um, I did hear a cigar authority today. They named it. Okay. Know, you know what the number one cigar was? What? I smoked it on the show, and I, I think I called it uh, the All Saints, uh, St. Francis. Ah, yes. Yeah, no, I haven't had, I've had All Saints, just not that one. Yeah, I got to get you that one in your packet um, that's coming. And I, I just say, so, uh, yeah, you, you definitely want to um, smoke that cigar. It was number 22 on my list. Um, so it's showing up on a lot of lists right now. 
and All what right. I thought was going to happen, but it's a very good cigar, Dave. Um, it's one I know it's right up your wheelhouse. I'm so, sure. Uh, so, yeah, I did call it. That I think I predicted that that was going to be their number one. Um, good work. And uh, yeah, well, I'm not surprised, too. Mm. Um, like I said it was 22 on my list, but uh, it's a Mickey's a great guy, by the way. Um, Mickey's a great guy. Mickey Peg, the owner of the company. And he's making that cigar to Rocky, which is, um, in my opinion, Rocky's had a, the, eight, the last 18 months have been off the charts. He's producing the best stuff he has in his career right now. So, mm. and that's coming from Rocky's factory. So, says a lot. New music, Coop. Yeah, let's go for the it. first track came out this year that I put on my oops, I missed. This is this track is probably the most unique track I've heard in the past 10 years. Easily. It is backwash. And the title of it is I Lie Here Buried with My Rings and My Dresses, which is the title track off of that record. What a title. It's now now listen to this combination of things. It is death metal mixed with hip hop by a black woman hip hop artist. It is. It is like nothing you have ever heard. It, it might not be for everybody because the death metal side of things. But she's speaking out against sexism, racism and sort of the rage and aggression that she has towards those injustices is unparalleled. Like it is unbelievable. Um, I've not heard anything like it. Like I said, in the last 10 years, it is a it is unbelievable. Um, uh, yes. But like I, I said, the death metal side of things might might uh, push people off it, but I it did is hear the worth song and immediately I said this is a, I could see why Dave likes this song when I listen to it. Yes, it's death metal and hip hop. It's crazy. It, it is a very unique song. I, I got to agree. <laughs> it is something very unique and something that was, you know, look, we've been looking for stuff like uh, it may not be for everybody, though. I'm going to tell you that. Mm-mm. But like in the metal show, if you're looking for new metal, and you're a metal person, you got to check this out. I think you'd really, I think if you're into metal, you think you'd really like it. Yep. That's a backwash. Yep. Um, side B, St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Now, St. Paul and the Broken Bones have, have been out for a little while. They put out some good stuff. They just put, they put out a couple singles. They're putting out a record called Alien Coast. The, the track I have is Love Letter from a Red Roof Inn. Uh, it has a bit of like a 70s soul vibe mixed with like a TV on the radio type indie rock vibe. Uh, it's very good. It's kind of like a missing you kind of fool in love type of song. Like pop has a lot of those like fool in love type of songs. Yeah. Um, and it's a very good one. And I'm excited because St. Paul and the Broken Bones have put out some good stuff over the last couple of years. So it's cool to see a new track coming. Um, I anticipate that something from that being on the next top 50 of next year or of 2022. So, uh, yeah, check that out. Nice. Good pick. Uh, yeah. Album archaeology. We've talked about this album before, but it's public enemies. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. We just heard bring the noise. Uh, we talked about it in the best second records of all time. Mm-hmm. Don't believe the hype black steel in the hour of chaos, which I think is a great song. And I think it's going to make this list somewhere. Um, but yeah, if you do now, archaeology, Public Enemy is going to come up in this list a number of times. So uh, take a listen to that record. Very good. Very good. Yes, this is, album's come up a lot. I was going to say the last few weeks. So I think it's a good album. Yeah. 
to check out for folks. Um, and uh, yeah, these are in our playlist, and you'll be able to access all this stuff as well. Oh, and I forgot, Coop. Uh, I'm putting together a playlist for the top 50 and a playlist for the Oops, I Forgot 50. Okay. So people, you can you can click on the website. There's links to the songs on each yep. entry, but yep. I'm going to put it all together in one place. Yep. And in the show notes, there'll be entries to all the uh, you know, articles as well. That's so, it. That's all I got. Yep. It's just so, me and this great cigar. No, me too. So a uh, little programming notes on the jukebox. Um, first is uh, we, we definitely will have a show in two weeks. Uh, it will be a year-end review show. Uh, we're going to have the surgeon mm-hmm. and the how about that cigar guys, Matt Ty, who's been on the show, and Garrett, who hasn't. But I'm who telling hasn't, you, no. they're solid music guys and solid cigar guys. So you're getting the both. Uh, so we're going to do a, a uh Kind of a unique, uh, I think we have a pretty unique show plan, but if you want to get a good recap of both things, cigars and music, yep. uh, that's, I think, the show. And we may do a show in between that. That's still be determined. My schedule has changed a little, so uh, it, it did free up. So we got to figure out if we can make that work. But but there'll definitely be a show in two weeks. Definitely. If you're listening to this on Monday night on the um, January 3rd, uh, January 4th is the Cigar Aficionado uh, predictions, the, the uh, Bracketology mm. show, I call it. Now. Oh, um, one of our big shows, so that will be on special edition uh, number 112 to kick off the year. And we should have Hector on that show as well. Um, Hector Alfonso from Espinosa Cigars, who really does a detailed analysis of the cigar aficionado list. So mm. um, so stay tuned on that. We have a lot of exce- uh, we're booking up some shows for the primetime show um, for January as well. Uh, so stay tuned on that. And then Dave and I have, we'll have more jukebox shows, I know. Uh, we did like 30 something shows last year. So we'll probably do another 30 this year. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks, Coop. Thanks, everybody. I'll let you uh, send us out. Yeah. So that's going to wrap up Primetime Jukebox, episode 60. Hard to believe into the annals of history for the new year of uh, 2022. And we look forward to really uh, banging it away in 2022 with everyone. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, keep the, like I said, give us your ideas. I know we got another uh, idea that came in and we're going to be working on arranging those shows as well. So uh, take care, everybody, and be safe.